Like you're, <laughs> you're, you're going to have to summon your inner Sam Kennison for the entire interview. Oh, there's a name I haven't heard. No right. <laughs> oh, Sam Kennison. That's right. Gonna finish this song. Ah! <laughs> uh, countdown. All right. Go. Yeah. Still haven't figured out how to do an intro. I was going to start this one off by just saying, Emily, you've been a great guest. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, you know, uh-huh. had our little technical difficulties there, but uh, here we're back with episode something sixty six. Not is that right, Vic? Who cares? Um, I think it, I think I I listened to some of sixty five and sixty four and all the way down oh, into yeah. the forties. Oh yeah, wow! Thank you. Damn. <laughs> I mean, just just like just yeah. pieces. Yeah. pieces. That's all you've been doing for like the past two weeks is listening to our podcast nonstop. We well, appreciate it, it. That's how long it would take. It they're kind it of would. long. We we talk for a long time. <laughs> you see, I say we. It's yeah. really all me. It's me. I talk a lot. But, uh, uh, Emily Shirley, well, thank you for being our guest. Um, great to have you on here. I'm a big fan. Vic, we, Vic and I, before you got on here, we were just talking about um, your latest song, your latest single, which just came out. Uh-huh. Um, and you've been putting out a lot of singles the last few years. It's just really cool. Oh, with your Spotify, it's just like single, single, single. And they've all got like cool different artwork. And they're, and it's like there, there's been a – you've sort of – you've got a lot of things that are, that are topical, right? You're saying about um, – the well, obviously at the onset of the pandemic, everyday heroes, and then you had a song. Mm-hmm. Was it Survivor about the snow, the winter storm last year? That like, yeah, right? that that's yes. Um, and then the latest. So, t- and your latest single. Tell us about the latest single. What it's what is it about? Uh, where did that one come from? That song. I mean, you've done your homework. Not really, um, but I mean, yeah, yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> um, so the last, the latest single, the one that came out yesterday, is called uh, "The Last Time." And, um, I kind of started writing it during lockdown, um, which I thought was March, 2020, but maybe it was early April. Um, I don't remember when the whole thing started, but, um, yeah, it's just about, you know, I was just hearing all these, I was fortunate because all my people are here, you know, my family and, um, my kids and they weren't in school and that was tough, but you know, hearing these stories about people who are just separated mm-hmm. um, because, uh, you know, they got stuck in another country or a loved one died or they're teenagers and they're dating and they're in lockdown and now they can't like see each other at all. And um, so that that song kind of speaks to that sort of isolation. I think we all were feeling just kind of being at home and. Back when we were all like, uh, oh, this will blow over in a few months. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We yeah. just got to make it to the summer of 2020 and everything will be better. Just, uh, just two weeks, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I remember thinking, oh, you know, like in March or April, you know, oh, by the summer, this will, will be fine. And then and and we'll... what was it? June or July, some things started opening up, right? And it, we, we were mm-hmm. kind of tiptoeing back out. And then it was like immediately like shut down again and. I think at that point, everyone's like, okay, this is going to be the rest of the year, more or less. And But then 2021, I mean, we've all been functioning and moved on with our lives for the most part. I mean, um, I say that like it's no big deal, but this has impacted millions and millions of people in, in various ways. And unfortunately, you know, in the worst way for, for so many. Um, but I mean, here we are, right? And um, I'm glad that at least for you, um, you were able to, it doesn't, you know, 
I feel for like a lot of the people like bartenders and those kind of service jobs and those industry jobs that just all shut down and all those people were out of work yeah. and all, and so many musicians that, yeah. you know, were playing. I was fortunate enough to be able to do online teaching and was doing some online stuff. And I just kind of went into a little hibernation shell of writing and being creative there for a little while. But um, yeah, so many people just got like screwed in the worst way. And I think now that we're at where we're at now, it's like, Hindsight is twenty twenty, but what could what could have we have done, right? I mean, was it just inevitable? Who knows? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know. I, um, I mean, I also was so so fortunate because I'm freelance, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, it really didn't affect my work at all because people were still putting out records um, that, and they needed design work. Yeah, I was going to um, say, I, you do graphic design, right? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so, um, and th- but what affected me the most was when my kids were out of school. That's when I was like white knuckling it, you know. First it was, the first three months it was like, oh, cool, you know, we got all this time together and we're going to do all these things I've always wanted to do, you know, we've so much time, we're going to bake things and do crafts. And, <laughs> and by the end of that three months, it was just like... I mean, I don't even, just don't even come in my office. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, how, how old are your kids? Look, when we met, I'm trying to think when it was, because I took vocal lessons from you many years back. That's how we initially met. Many years ago, yeah. At Red, was it Red Leaf School of Music, right? Mm-hmm. I believe is yeah. what it was called. And yeah. um, golly, I'm guessing like 2009 or something maybe in that realm. Yeah. So I was... I, I well, you were pregnant about, at the time with your first. About that early, yeah. I was. I was think I was pregnant with my second. Oh, okay. Kid. Okay. So, how old are your kids? They are um, twelve and thirteen. So, okay. one was born in two thousand and ten, and that's probably the one I was still housing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the other one was born in two thousand eight. Okay. So they're they're about a year and a half apart. Yeah, I bet it was. You're right. It probably 2010 sounds about right. Because I started uh, my band, The Good Rogering, around 2008, and very quickly was like, uh, I have a lot of great melodies in my head. Uh, I I am um, not very good at singing them right now, and uh, I was like, maybe I should take some vocal lessons. So, it was 2010 when I started performing live and was going like, man, this sucks. <laughs> I was like, I should take some vocal lessons. Well, it all and, makes and, sense. And um. You were, yeah, the Red Leaf School, Red Leaf's still there. Um, I haven't been in there in a long time, but. Um, well, Dan, Dan Barrett, who I met in, in a different school, we taught it together uh, prior to that. And I remember he, he was the owner and then he sold it, right? It was, he had that for a few years and started it, or maybe he had a partner or something and it was over there. Same location where that, where there's that co-op. Is that still all kind of the same or do you have any idea? Yes, the same place. So, so Dan and uh, Gino Gino Stroya, who's also in the Damn Torpedoes. Okay, cool. Um, uh, they were they went in as partners, mm-hmm. and then um, after some time, yeah, Dan I think sold his part or moved on and started a studio out of his studio on his own. Right. Uh, right. And Gino still has it. And he has lessons and I don't know about a co-op over there, but I know like teachers can mm-hmm. rent space and teach out of there. And, oh, okay. That's um, cool. There's, he's still going. Great. Um, now, are you, do you still 
teach music too, mm-hmm. like freelance, or it's you're doing graphic design is what you do these days. Yeah. So, uh, it, what changed it for me? Well, uh, you know, the kids, that was the thing. And then we moved out to Dripping Springs. Mm, okay. So, um, cute, the commute for me is longer. And I didn't have enough students to really justify that drive. Justify <laughs> it. Yeah. Yeah. I always was like, oh, I should start doing online stuff. And I taught at school. And then I ended up just mm-hmm. getting a whole bunch of private students. I used to drive all over, you know, Westlake and, Lost Creek and stuff teaching and um and then the pandemic happened and we were forced to do things online and then I started going like oh this is way cool I don't even have to put pants on I mean I I to clarify I actually do wear pants during my lessons but just <laughs> I don't have to like ha- wear pants that require you know putting on a belt and and you shoes. know all shoes. yeah shoes I don't have to do any of that stuff and uh, it's really fantastic you, and I love it you teach yeah guitar p- guitar piano yeah those two and piano mm-hmm. oh you're teaching piano. Oh, I've been teaching piano for, for as long as I've been teaching guitar, too. Maybe we should talk about that. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, anytime. Um, in fact, let's get to a couple of things. Like, you told mm-hmm. we talked about studio, piano, and these are two things I want to talk about getting into. We initially met back in that capacity and then probably didn't see you for a few years, I imagine, and then reconnected, as far as I can recollect, via the... 1159 songwriting group started by right. Dave Madden, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so far, Vic and I have had on here. Who have we had from that group, uh, we, We've had Ray, who couldn't figure out his microphone. So yeah, Emily's Ray, already. Yeah, don't worry. You're not the only one who. Yeah. Technical, <laughs> I don't think Ray, as prolific as, and fantastic as Ray Prim's music always sounds, as we know, Emily, better than anybody. Like the, uh-huh. this, the, the way, you know, this guy knocks them out. They're always fantastic, you know, pieces of music songs. I think we did the whole interview with Ray Prim and then and he was talking into his microphone and it was never on. I think he was like it was like the uh <laughs> it was like the the computer audio the whole time the, or something. The webcam. And like, he was afraid he was going to get in trouble for like go, going too long and not watching a movie with his with his girl or something. Oh, that's right. Did you know did you did you know it at the time that the the audio wasn't what you needed it to be? I don't. Re- I don't even remember. But. It was, I'm asking it, for myself right now. Like, or do we know right now that my no, you're good. No, you're, okay. Yeah, you're we fine. we were using we, a we different. At least know what uh, microphone are using. Yeah, we we were using a different recording device. We were using what were we using? Okay. Uh, was that Zoom? Skype? Did we? Oh, Skype with oh. Ray. Ugh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. We tried a bunch of different things, and you know. Yeah, trial and error. Some go better than others. Denial. And had, and error. I know you had Natalie Price, right? Natalie Price. Yes, That's right. So Natalie yes. Price is. I mean, I, everyone from that group's amazing. I would gladly have anybody on here. And I think I reached out to Ray, and then I had put a post last year, like, "Hey, is anybody? You know, I started a podcast. If anyone wants to be on." And Natalie was the one person that was like me, and I was like, "Awesome!" Because I love Natalie's music. Mm-hmm. And then this time around, you were like, "Hey, what about your podcast?" And I was like, "Yes, Emily." You know, so yes. like two of my favorite songwriters. Um, so yeah. so happy to have you on. And yeah, Natalie's amazing. She's great. Um, and I think that's it. Maybe we've had someone else. I don't know. Who else I feel really that? bad if we did because I'm I'm not mentioning them. But uh, we had a really short you know. one with uh, oh, what was his name? He he was traveling all over the place. Well, that was Ulrich, right? Ulrich is he but not he, part of that group? He, he wasn't that. He okay. wasn't in that. Okay. So Emily, now when did you have you been in 1159 from the get go or no? I don't think so. So this is my third year i think okay. i figured out or my fourth um I, I think it's the fourth actually i 
did we start the same year? I don't. Well, I was. That was the first year that I started. I'm pretty sure that was the first year Dave did it, and it, when it was great, and then he just kept going. I want to say this is the fourth year. I'm looking. Can I look so that we know? Um, now, have you always completed all of your assignments? Are you one of those overachiever? Well, not Ray Prim style overachiever, where you do them all in the first week. But have you always done all four of your songs? Because I slacked on the first yeah. couple of years and only did a couple. But the last year, I got I got them all, and I've got them. I intend to do them all this year. So, yeah. No, uh, so this is the fourth year, by the way. Okay. Um, and it's the fourth year I've done it. I don't know if it started before then, but uh, so yeah, I. Yeah. I I do them every time, but it's blood, sweat, and tears. Like all day today, I have been sitting in this chair. I stood up to change my clothes. Um, yeah. You were preparing when you were like, is this video? Am I going to need to like look presentable? Because you were in your mind, you were like, I know tomorrow. And this was yesterday. You're like, I know tomorrow I'm going to be busting ass trying to knock out this 1159 uh, song all day. I was having visions. I was like, oh God, okay, this is at eight o'clock. So I'm going to have to finish this when we get off and get it uploaded before 1159. Mm -hmm. I'm in the same boat. We're in the same boat. Well, I ended up finishing. Oh, are you still still going? (laughs) Yeah. Look, what I, what I decided is that, cause I had this, like I had some core, you know, sometimes something will come together. Sometimes I'll chip away at it. And, um, I had it kind of, you know, some stuff I messed around. I messed around with the melody and and some lyrics. And today I put it together real quick. I just, so it's kind of all there, but -hmm. I just don't have a second verse. And I'm just going to be like, yeah, screw it. You know, I'll copy and paste and finish it later. Like it's good enough for the, yeah, yeah, for the submission deadline. So, well, it's, it's it's not that I procrastinate to the last day either. This would drive, this is what drives me crazy about me. Like I've been working on it kind of like all week Mm -hmm. in in a way that I sort of thought was, was good, but I just wasn't getting anything done, you know, like Mm -hmm. little ideas. And today I was like, Oh, it's all got to happen right now. Something to be said for that pressure. I gotta, I gotta say, I love being in this group for that reason, because I have several songs that I've written that I think, I, I, I'm very proud of and, you know, feel good about a couple. I've even recorded over at um, Same Sky, you know, with David Messier, who's in the group. And uh, and uh, those songs never would have happened if I wasn't like, shit, I guess I got to write a song, you know. So I asked you in your email, but I'm going to ask you now, why aren't you posting them in the Facebook group? I don't know. I just haven't been on there that much. I need to do it. I need to do it. And it's one of those things. That, they're fine. But like. It's one of those things too where I'm like, um, I know I could like go go and the funny thing is is I feel like the more time I spend on it, the more I'm like, ah, it's not there. Like if I just literally phone it in, because a lot several in the past I were like recorded on a phone, like desperately, like you know, the hour before. <laughs> and at least yeah. now I've kind of like opened up Pro Tools and th- you know, kind of put some <laughs> some stuff in. And then you start going down a rabbit hole, you're like, oh, I could do a harmony, I could t- I could, you know, redo. Yeah. But like today with this one, I mean the, what took me the longest was just I played the piano parts and then kind of pasted things together. And then I had um, you know, just just kind of laid down some vocals and I'm like, I know these could be better and I should like but I'm like, but I don't have time. But it's good because at least it's the embryo of the song and now it exists right. and you can come back to it. So that's the bit. That's what's so great about it all. Totally. And, and especially doing it that way, if I had some Pro Tools, then you actually have the MIDI and you have the files and you can. It's not like a phone thing where you're like, oh, shit, what, what the hell was I playing? You know, you can get in there and listen to everything yeah. individually and figure it all out. So I'm going to go seek yours out in that Dropbox folder. OK, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I'd wait till about 1159 tonight. <laughs> that's when it's going in. <laughs> 11, 1159, 59, yeah. right? No, I tell that that name is so true. Like it, I guarantee, and you know, there's so many of us that are like that too. That are just like shit, but it is really cool. <laughs> but then what about like the Barbara Nesbitts? I hope her ears are ringing right now where she like, you know, for the first one, she uploaded two, two, two songs for the first song Disgusting. and she did it. And she did it first. Mm. She was like the first person and she did to hand it in and she handed it in too. And I I bet you a million bucks she's done with all of hers. Now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She's just. Well, I don't know if you saw. I did see in the because I actually did go. What I'll do sometimes is I'll just uh, if I'm like um, laying in bed or something like uh, usually like the day after the, you know, whatever the they're all due. And I'll just sit there and open up the. um the Dropbox folder and just kind of click on them, just kind of listen to them, you know, whatever. And I, so I kind of, over the course of a few nights, I kind of did that with the first one and the second one. So I've listened to all the stuff except for this new song, but I saw like mm-hmm. in the group, you know, a couple of people had posted and, and, um, or several, I guess, but I, I, the last time I looked in there, like Ray had posted like, like the, like two weeks ago, like, Hey, uh, I'm just so used to working so fast. I've already got my third one up and here it is. And then, right. <laughs> Everyone else is just like, I just literally turned my other one in last night. Right. I'm right now. I'm, I'm, I'm coasting because I don't have to think about a song for another couple of days. And he's like, he's like, yeah, I'm used to doing a song a week. Yeah. It all comes (laughs) back to, um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's like when I, what were your habits when you were younger? Right. I mean, maybe Ray was one of those dudes that was just like, I got a research paper. I'm going to knock it out tonight. I was like, sweet. I got a research paper and I don't have to do that for three months. Uh, and then the night, like most people right and then the night before you're like fuck like I, yep. you know and then we like bullshit our way through something <laughs> uh-huh. the only thing is is i'm 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 a terrible bullshitter I, I i cannot the art of bullshit was not i i haven't developed that skill so so aside to survive on it aside from the rays and the uh who was the other person barbara barbara how, no. what's like the average time for folks to turn in I mean, to work on something. and Well, you have two weeks, right? Oh, two it's two weeks. It okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which seems like that's plenty of time. But I mean, people are busy with jobs and other projects and all this and that. And like, um, and I think for most people, it's just like, um, it's like, like anything. You have to get started, right? And one <laughs> thing that's helped me is like not waiting till the day before to actually start creating an idea. Like I might have an idea and play around with some chords and have a melody. And so at least today when I sat down and like, like, you know, I'm literally going like, okay, I've got about, you know, two to three hours to work on this. At least I knew what I was going with, right? At least I had the, you know, and it was like, then I just got to record it and kind of put it together. And it's not just like, oh my God, I got to write a song and, you know, whatever. So, but I think it's such a great exercise. And um, yeah, it's, it's really, really cool. I love being a part of it. And just everyone in that group is freaking phenomenal. I was telling Vic, so this year, um, March 5th, right? At the Saxon pub, hopefully, right? Fingers so. crossed. Mm-hmm. And uh, do you know which one of your songs you're gonna, you're planning on performing or? So maybe the one from today. Ooh, um, oh, okay. the, the first two, I, the first two uh, that I did songs one and two, I think I might be able to go in and fix them mm-hmm. and make them keepers, but I don't have that. Oh, that's a keeper feeling about either. Right. One, you know? I see. But the one that I did today, I kind of do. So um, I guess it depends what happens for song four. But right. right now of the three, I think this one. And it, it's different this time because in in the past, 
I guess there wasn't one last year. We kind of did well, last year was setup. the online thing, right? Well, yeah, in the past, though, I I remember going to one, maybe Oh, two yeah, last year was online, and it was yeah. the year before that was canceled, right? Right, and then the year before, and then there was one at, like, Cactus Cafe, I think. Yeah. And that was, but what's cool about this year, right, there's, there's going to actually be a house band, so that's great. So you can really do this, you know, it's not have to do a stripped down version. You can really have the instrumentation and backup there. So that'll be cool. Um, didn't you do a performance before? Did you do the performance singing with Dave Madden that one time along with your song? Cause didn't you have like a choir for some song or something? Uh, I don't think so. I guess not. Or if I did, it was a very last minute. Do I have a recollection of doing something super last minute? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> He's done like choral pieces with exactly, like, yeah. Uh, so I I haven't been part of that. Okay, well now he's been bringing it with these pop songs. You got Susanna Schofield back in, and she's uh, they just cranked out that freaking. I mean, this is like a, a a hit pop song, Vic, like full on produced and everything, like Bruno Mars type thing. It's it's amazing. Um, I mean, yeah, some yeah. people bring some high level production too. Like I'm wow. just like, damn, like there's some like, good Rod- stuff. Roger Blevins. Oh, that dude's ridiculous, right? It's He's nice. the Mingo Fish Trap guy, right? That yeah. guy's just like totally ridiculous. Yeah, totally, totally ridiculous. And I think Dave was joking about that. He would be like, uh, "Yeah, I just kind of had to throw this one together, and it's not my finest." And then you like listen to it, and it's like this masterpiece, you know, R and B jam or something. You're like, "Really, dude?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The rest of us are like sending a voice memo on our phone. <laughs> <laughs> you do what you can do. Yeah, you do. That's what's cool, though, too, is that everyone in there is different. And that I think that makes it really cool because you have the really the simple singer songwriters. Is it um, Sarah Beth? I, I can't um, that all that just has the ukulele songs. But so hers are kind of a lot about her lyrics. And so everyone has a different vibe. And then uh, one thing I like about it is for me, just being kind of scatterbrained all over the place. A lot of times with music, I just like I never know what I'm going to do. There's no stylistic place I go like it could just be some really bizarre, you know, avant-garde thing, or it can be a, you know, a nice little pretty acoustic song. But I do remember last year with the thing, like Dave was like, you know, pick your preference or let, and I was like, definitely this one, because like everything else I had written was just like weird and complicated. And, you know, and there was like mm-hmm. one that was just like acoustic and singing. I was like, it needs to be this, or I can't like do it. That's the one, That one was kind of a little bit Tom Waitsy. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, you have such a your style is so different. It's so eclectic, like your podcast. Um, yes, yeah. But like, but like, but like your musical. See what I did there. I did. Your, uh, but you, but I think your musical style, just your own musical style, I think from what I've heard, is also so so eclectic. It's cool. Thanks. Yeah. I didn't even um, know you played the piano. So yeah, I know that's a lot. Of, I I really and that's another thing I really like about this, and especially. A lot of the music that I've written through this and just other stuff that's so not, you know, I've played in rock bands and metal bands and that kind of stuff. But a lot of more of what I do musically um, is not that style even. You know, I think I'm a, a kind of a cla- classic. There's a lot of classical influence. I have a lot of blues influence and that kind of stuff. And then just finding my voice over the years, but like what works for me and my my voice, like I've kind of found that there's these there are she two sort of. She never went in the shower. I'm on a I'm I'm on a podcast. Can I talk to you in a minute? Sorry. Golly, Emily, so rude. 
How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just saying like the, you know, finding, finding your voice. And for me, like I, like when I came to you, I was like, man, I, there's all these singers I want to sing like, and I've gotten influence from them and I've kind of finally found what works. And I'm still really self-conscious about it. I, I struggle with that constantly. I don't know why I just, I can't, it, I don't know what, what it is about. I wish I, I just want to be in the woods in a cabin a thousand miles away from anybody if I'm recording vocals, you know? Um, mm-hmm. but um yeah i don't know but i mean i kind of like know what what works and, and there's that cross between that low kind of whatever tom waitsy thing and and then the really bad you know bad version of chris cornell or something i don't know what, what i do but but like you like you're actually now you have a style that i love and i wanted to ask you with with your songs like what is your recording process like where do you record how much do you do yourself what do you use studios like tell us about that um, it's totally studios. Um, and I, you know, I start the first thing I ever did, the first songs I ever really recorded were with Dan, uh, Barrett. Um, okay. Okay. and he wasn't even, he wasn't even out of red leaf yet. He right. I remember that his, he had a little room in there with the studio. Yeah. Him, right? So we did a couple songs there and then he was over, um, you know, his, he had his home studio. And so we did a couple songs there. So I did a, a few tracks with him. And then uh, somewhere along the line, I met Mark Hallman um, through, I, well, I know I met him uh, through working with the Bell Sounds and, and working at the Congress House because Andre Moran. Do you know Andre? Andre is Noel's husband, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I think I maybe like said hi via Facebook or something, but I know the name. I'm familiar with him. Yeah. So he he's an, his guitar playing is awesome. Um and uh, he's the head engineer at the Congress House, or has been for many years. And um, that, so I got to know Mark and started working with Mark. Okay. Um, and Andre uh, on a handful of songs. So that's kind of like, kind of where I consider that I started. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like those other songs. I sort of wish I could get them off Spotify. You know, just because they were they were. Hey, Neil, Neil Young did it. You can do it. <laughs> Yeah, you but know, I only want to certainly. get some. I don't. I don't want to get them all off. I just want to get I see. some oh. off. Can you just take the ones I don't like off Spotify, right, please? Right, right, right. Just the ones with this cover. But um, so uh, I've done a bunch of stuff with with Mark, and then I decided just before the pandemic, like I need to work with different people, mm-hmm. producers, uh, and mm-hmm. studios to sort of find my voice. Um. And so I started working with Taylor Tatch, who's Audio Styles. Um, I've done m- most of my recent stuff with him. Okay. Um, I think we kind of have a good thing going right now. Um, and, and But Survivors, I actually did with Brian Douglas Phillips because that's like a totally different kind of song. It was acoustic. Um, we went for like a live acoustic vibe without really any so the the work i've done with taylor is much more like produced yeah lush uh you know electric guitars and um vocal layers and survivors was much more of a live acoustic thing and that's what brian douglas phillips does really well and who did you do the latest single with taylor at audio styles yeah that caught me and the latest one too the piano but but on survivors there there you immediately get i was actually going to ask about that specific piano like you you get kind of uh there's something to be said for that there's a dark um organic vibe that you get from you're right you know you can have a super polished grand piano sound but that didn't strike me as that what what kind of piano was that oh 
God. Or maybe it's just older and like, I don't know. It just had a unique character that fit the song. Um, it is a grand piano. Um, I want to say it's a Steinway, but I don't remember. Okay. Okay. Um, I, I could text him and he could tell us. But um, but that's yeah. a, especially that one. And maybe uh, there's been a couple of your songs that right away, and like just speaking of production, those kind of choices, it hit me right away when you hear just that. I don't know if the lack what better word, just that sort of organic instrument, like just an instrument in a room and it's just more intimate right away. Right. And it just has a character and a quality about it. And it's so hard to emulate that. It's so hard to emulate just a good piano, you know, a real piano. Like I'll fart around with plugins and this and that, trying to do everything under the sun to try to get my keyboard and, you know, MIDI shit to sound whatever. But it's yeah. like at the end of the day, like, and then you go hit one note on a piano and you're like, oh, okay, that sounds way better than anything I spent hours trying to, you know, <laughs> pretend it was a piano, <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. He's got a um, great piano. So well, that's cool, like that you're mixing it up. I think that's great. And I, I'm like, I, that's something I've done and want to do more of because I think it, it just takes you into new territory, you know, and you get real comfortable in a certain situation, which is great. But I also think different people, like different producers and engineers, they have their strong points, right? Yeah. And like yeah. someone may be perfect for this style of song or this instrumentation and someone else may be perfect for something else, but not so much that. And so finding and knowing different producers in different studios where you, and then you're going in as the artist, like kind of with that vision of the vibe you want with the song, you're like, this guy is going to be perfect for that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Um, and there's, um, I don't know if you know, Andrea Perry, but, um, I feel okay saying this on here because she knows it. I really want to work with her. Um, she, her work is very commercial and, mm -hmm. and pop. Uh, and so as soon as I get the right pop song, I'm the, I want to see if she'll help me with it, but yeah. Um, just want to see what's possible. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 um, I think it's great expanding and what's cool. Like you always, your songs, there's, it's you, there's, there's a, there's a style there, I, you know, I guess, but they, they are different and they, you know, it's not like, it doesn't sound like the same instrumentation, the same thing every time. And I think that's really cool. Right. It kind Good. of like you get like a pleasant little surprise, like, um, maybe that's cause I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Well, that's why I was asking you. I mean, because they always sound good. Like, I mean, I haven't like done a deep dive all through like your super back catalog. I know you had some EPs, uh -huh. you know, and then just I mean, I guess that 2010 was that stuff that you did with Dan way back then? Or was that what you did at? Uh, sorry, what was the name of that studio again with Mike? Congress House. So that was uh, Congress House for your first comment in Congress House. Uh, so the 2010 stuff would have been would have been Dan Barrett. OK, OK. So I don't think I've listened to that. I might yeah. at one point. Um Another one of your songs I really love is Eyes in the Dark. It's such a great song. So I, I love that song, too, because um, it's totally different than anything I've ever done. It's got kind of that like spaghetti Western. Yes. Kind of. Yes. Um, the, the tones are awesome. Sound to it. And that was totally Taylor. Totally, it was the first okay. song we did together. And I took it to him and I said, I don't know what this is. So and, and we haven't worked together. I don't know what this is. You know, what can we do? And um I had a beat I wanted to use that I that I had. It was an 1159 song. That's what I was going to say. I thought it was right. Uh huh. And I, so I kind of had a beat that I knew that I wanted to, you know, an idea about that. And um, that was the first song he and I did together. It was like two years ago, I think. So several of these singles have come from 1159. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because I'm not super prolific. So this forces me to be prolific. I may only write four songs this year. 
Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> awesome though, because then when you spread them out like that with singles and then you're like, Oh, that's really cool. And I'm, uh-huh. I went and looked at your, all of a sudden you're like, damn, she's got a lot of songs. Like, that's really cool. Uh-huh. I think it's kind of a great way to do it. Like hats off to you, like the way you're doing this. And what's great is you're using that and that, that gives you that motivation, that deadline that, you know, to, to, to write something, to create something. And then you're taking it and produce. That's what I was so curious about, like what your technique was after the writing and where, how you approach the producing and everything, because all the songs sound in different ways, you know, professional and polished and like, you know. Yeah. I wish I could say I was doing it, you know, all myself that I had, uh, you know, more ability to do that. I, it's been about 10 years since I've had a MIDI set up and I just got, um, I would show it to you, but it's going to mess up our whole setup. I have just this little Akai key MIDI controller right, okay. here um, that I just got for Christmas. And I spent like two weeks thinking it was broken because I was using it with Bluetooth headphones. Have you ever had that problem? I don't know. I I don't think I've tried to do re- Bluetooth is kind of weird. I don't think I can use it with like Pro Tools and it's really annoying. Well, it causes latency. Oh, FYI, yeah. I, right. I, I deep dived on the internet days and days and hours and hours in a row trying to figure this out. And then someone on some thread somewhere just in passing was like, oh, and by the way, if you're using Bluetooth headphones, it's going to cause latency. And I was like, oh, shut up. Really? And that I, was to- I thought I had terrible timing. <laughs> I mean, I didn't. I was changing all my buffering settings. Oh, yeah. I, I just I thought it was broken I, for like two weeks. Anyway, um. I'm sorry. Why did I say, Oh, I was so producing myself. I just am at the point where I, I just want to be able to get as much as I can envision as close to how I envision it out in some sort of way so that I can take it to someone else and say kind of this. Yeah. And I think, um, I also think it's, uh, you can only do so much as one person, right? I mean, it's hard yeah. to like the, the writing, the song, the performing, the being the artist and and, uh, and then the production and the engineering, like that's a lot of different hats to wear and it's very time consuming, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it makes sense when you see this kind of like, oh, there's an engineer, there's a producer, there's the art, there's a group of people working together because I think that's very important, you know? It's very difficult to, to do it all as one person. Um, but so like the demos, when you do the 1159 stuff, yeah, mm-hmm. you're just using the MIDI keyboard or keyboard and then uh, just your microphone there and kind of simple get enough to get uh, something together sort of setup. Yeah. So uh, usually starts keys. Um, and then since I have this MIDI controller uh, this year, I can put down real bass, real sounding bass mm. um, and put in some synths. And I mean, I can spend hours just, checking out synth sounds. I mean, that's like those rabbit holes go deep. Oh man. And like all the, Oh, there's so many one, one thing, one arrow leads to another arrow and the drop downs are like this and different reverbs. And it's just like, I can be here all day. But, um, yeah. So the MIDI controller for bass usually just makes some kind of beat combination working in logic. Okay. Um, and then vocals, I'm usually heavy on the harmonies because that's where I hear things the most. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't play guitar very well at all. And um, MIDI doesn't really either. Yeah. So. <laughs> not the, the greatest MIDI instrument. Well, I mean, not, you know, like just like strumming. Um, so yeah, it's I've very, had, yeah, I've had some okay. nightmares. I'm actually wearing an Invincible Zars shirt when I toured with them. I, we, we did... um. 
they always usually have woodwind player of some sort on tours and whatever. And um, I toured and was playing keyboard, but also a MIDI guitar to emulate bassoon and flute sounds. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. MIDI guitar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got a story. I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to waste your podcast by telling this story, <laughs> but uh, I had a moment uh, somewhere in uh, Alabama. Was it Alabama? <laughs> God, it was bad. There was a, a full blown malfunction and it was not good. Um was I kind of had to make some adjustments. And yeah, I mean, you're trying to sit here and play to a, an old silent film with, you know, classical type instrumentation. And I'm going for a bassoon, b- bassoon sound and accidentally hit a button that makes it sound like an Eddie Van Halen solo. That, that was just the start to a very bad night for me. <laughs> Fortunately, that wasn't one of the bigger crowds, I don't think. But oh, my God. Yeah, well, no, I, in other words, I, MIDI guitars are weird. I don't think they've ever found... I mean, keyboard is a natural instrument that to, to play all these kind of synths and, and sounds on, right? And, and I just think it's more versatile to play it's multiple orchestra, you know, orchestrated instrumentation. A guitar, not as much. I mean, as a guitar player, I would so not prefer it that way. I would do a keyboard any day, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, and you got a lot of built-in sounds with logic and all. What's your interface? What did you use? Oh, um it's Focusrite. Like the rest of us. Presonus audio box. Presonus. That's the other one, the pre little presonus. I, I think I used that for some stuff way back too. Um where was I gonna go with the oh, how was it your writing process? Like, do you tend to write music first and then come up with melodies and lyrics, or is it the other way around? What is or is there a process? Or a typical way. I I want to say that I'm honing it down to the process, but the reality is I love writing music and I hate writing words. Mm. Um, so I could write music all day. Um, it's it's getting the words right and mm. what you want to say and saying it so it sounds like you want it to sound sometimes you don't even know what you want to say or what, what's the song even about i don't even know um i have a lot like that where i'm like i don't really give a shit like you can interpret it how you want if it if it phonetically or rhythmically works and sounds cool i'm like this is cool yeah and i think so, for me like what i learned is and maybe this is for you and i i would I wonder if it's for this like this for a lot of people because i used to like write a lot of really terrible poetry and then it was all useless. First of all, I would look back and go like, this is just stupid anyway. But <laughs> secondly, like, how do I fit this to a song? It's a bunch of stuff. But if I have a music and then I, you can just hum syllables and hum things and words will come to you and things will find their way into that. And I feel like that maybe for more songwriters than not might be the approach, like that route, right? Yeah, I read something about that's how like Bono does it. Oh man, now I want to make that South Park joke. What's that? What is he always singing in that South Park episode? Uh, hello, hello. When he answers his phone. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> the the phonetic oh. thing. Um, yeah. I've done a little bit of that. Um, I've tried to pay attention to that more. Um, However, your songs, though, I mean, that that's all fine and dandy, but like we're talking about a song like Survivors or Everyday Heroes or. Um, it, most of your songs really like when i'm listening to it it's more of like you're telling a story there's a there's a you know it's not just cool sounding lyrical gibberish right so you do have to like be conscious of what you're trying to say because there's a point to what you're saying it's not just like stringing cool sounding words together 
Right. So everyday heroes and and survivors both are actually like they do have a storyline. So those mm-hmm. are easier for me to write. Okay. Um plus I'm a quiet songwriter, you know, like I'm not someone who just is in my office like making loud noises. Um you know, like maybe Same. if I yeah. if if I was home by myself, I'd just be like figuring it like blah blah blah, you know, seeing but um eyes in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, in the bathroom, <laughs> just shower going on. The t- I'll be right out. But I need to get over that because it's, it's limiting, but um, I, I actually did a lot more of the phonetic thing with the, the song that I did today. The song that I did today has a shitload of words. <sighs> they all kind of wonder, do, uh, I wonder how Neil Fallon does his. Cause it, Oh, because it's almost like a story, but then he's got the phonetic thing going on. Right. So it's. So Neil Fallon, I don't know if you're familiar with the band Clutch, Emily. Um, I'm not. Clutch I, to I'm me. Make a note of it. Clutch to me is like this, the, the working man's blue collar rock and roll band. Right. They've been around from Baltimore, Maryland. They've been around for since the late 90s, mid 90s, maybe. Um, and I mean, they're just like a working class band. They're always putting out stuff. And it's kind of, you know, it's rock vibe, bluesy rock. But it's got some progressive elements, some odd meters. Sometimes they got some organs and various instrumentation. They've been on a few soundtracks. They recorded uh, actually a few different albums here in Austin, out in Dripping Springs, actually, with the oh, yeah. machine shop. They recorded a, a couple albums out there. Oh, cool. And um, but yeah, they're a really cool band. And uh, Vic and I are both big fans of the band in general and also the, the singer because I think he has a nice balance of telling a story, having interesting lyrics with a point, but then just some like really goofy one you know some kind of like bizarre goofy little things that are just silly but cool also you know and i I always kind of get a kick out of his lyrics well i think it was a a david bowie who said just take random lines from random musings and just put them together yeah yeah i've heard that from uh from a couple of different guys i think someone like wrote a song once from using like just from fortune cookies (laughs) i heard yeah like don't try to that i'd like to experiment more with that um that idea because i do like things to be a little weird sometimes this could be your fourth 1159 song (laughs) <laughs> it, it ends up becoming your big pop hit somehow yeah well we'll see speaking I, of know, pop uh, like uh-huh. well tell us about your like i mean there's emily shirley the songwriter and you've got your your music you put out not but you don't perform i mean you do but not a whole not too often solo right yeah i, I mean i'd like for that to change so i kind of just had like a trio that was feeling good you know, when everything shut down. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't, mm, I don't know if I'm going to get that back anytime soon. Um, I, I want to really know that we're in the clear right. before I start booking uh, well, and, pra- and practicing for, for band gigs. So I'm trying to do what I can, you know, on my own. I was super excited to um, have the bell sounds on a skunk fest bill and it all went to shit. Me too. Um, I know. And, um, I don't even know when that was at this point. It was last year already. Or, you know, I don't even can't keep up with time anymore. July or something. And uh-huh. I can't even keep up with the variance anymore and what it was. But every 
I remember Noel was, I think, the first one that was like, I just, we don't feel comfortable. And I was like, I totally understand. And there was a few bands dropping out. A few bands got COVID and we were getting close. And I was like, you know what? I just, I did not feel good about it at all. And I didn't want to be that guy that was like super spreader events at that, you know, during that. And it was, it was a, it was unfortunate because there were so many bands on that bill that, that um, I really was excited about. Several from the songwriting group too, like Prager. Yeah, we had some other events that were more the rock metal stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But the whole one with that was I had it was going to be more of a eclectic sort of roster of like a ver- variety, jazz and blues. And, you know, there was a lot of cool um, stuff going on. But logistically, it just it was too much, too much. And then, you know, with, with that whole thing happening, it was just like, I'm ugh. but yeah, bell sounds. I mean, Noel's in, insane. And speaking of harmonies, I mean, you guys are just awesome. How long? So how did y'all meet and how long you've been doing that? Did that did you meet through 1159 or have you known her no. a long time? We we've been together for like nine years, I think. Um, so did you meet you, through her husband? No. Do you know who we met through? I'm just thinking about it right now. Dan Barrett. No way. Okay. Yeah. So um, I was recording with Dan uh, in his studio, and he had signed on to be a bell sound, believe it or not. Really. As like a utility player. Okay. And because uh, that's what they were looking for. Noel had, and Andre had gone into the studio and they had written their, they had written and recorded their first, first full length album as the Bell Sound. And so now they were back in town and they're putting together a band to do, to play these songs. So um, Dan signed up to be their utility player, but um, I mean, his wife is pregnant. He was about to go into this whole new chapter and he was sort of like, I don't know if I'm, if I can, you know, commit. So he was like, you know, do you, do you want to do it? And I was like, eek, I don't know. Give it a shot. <laughs> um, and so I remember I, Noel and I met, I think it was 2012 or the very end of 2011 mm-hmm. um, at Bolden Creek. And it was December and she was like, she was like, oh, my birthday's in a couple of days. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, when's your birthday? And that's when we figured out we had the same birthday. No kidding. And so we kind of have, it, it's been like this synchronous thing. And I, so I've been making music with them ever since. Um, and it's evolved so much. Her, just her sound and her writing has evolved. And it started out as like an indie folk rock pop thing. Yeah. From what I've heard, I definitely would not describe it that way. Yeah, what what she's doing, what's happening now is like this um, pop harmony. Yeah. uh, Beautiful, lush. Yeah. uh, Check out the bell sounds, Vic. It's awesome stuff, man. She's another one that every time she drops a song, I'm just like, damn. She's fully producing it by herself. Well, her her and Andre, but she's she got um, she's working in Logic, and she's just for the past couple of years has been producing herself. Mm. And so she'll get the songs to where they're all, I mean, in 1159, they're like almost done. And then her and Andre, will take them to the con- Congress house into that console. Okay. And put in, where is, where is, so Congress house on Congress somewhere. I don't know if I've been to that place. Tell, what, so tell us about it, that. It just moved. It's been there for like 33 and a half years or 34 years. Um, it's all the way down Congress by the, uh, by the red shed, almost by um, no South Park Meadows. Red Shed, which is now Far Out Lounge, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Re- no, I remember Red Shed. I know. Um, um, I didn't know so, there was a studio over there. Oh, it's you would if you were if you had the address and you were looking for it, you would pass it three times. Oh, okay. 
because it's like this unassuming house. It's like set back, like the yard is overgrown and they just put in like a condo, like a huge condo thing, like right next door. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. The developers have been offering him money for years and he's been, been a holdout. So, um, he finally sold and they just like have been moving the past two months. Um, and they transitioned from that space into the Cedar Creek studio. Yeah. Okay. Do you know where that is? I do. I I have been to that place. Yeah. That's a cool place. Yeah. So now, so now that's where, where they are. Wow. Okay. So, um, Hmm. yeah, interesting. It's been there for so long and it just moved. Yeah. I got to go. Um, yeah, that'd be so cool to go hang there and, and especially knowing casually knowing Noel and and Andre not or at least the name and just yeah they would it'd be cool they would love it um you know and Andre's trying to drum up business for the studio right now too um so go go check it out absolutely um Oh my gosh! Help, dead air, dead air, Fort. <laughs> <laughs> Keep laughing, Vic. I, I, I uh, yeah, we are professional. Um, golly. Um, let's see. So, how many songs have you released that were written in eleven fifty nine? A lot. Do you put out all the songs that you write in there? Not all of them, no. right? Uh-uh. Thank God. Let's be grateful for that. <laughs> uh, four or five at least. Okay. Without going back and counting. Um, yeah. And then Bell Sounds. Now, so you've recorded I, I recorded several things with them then at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, like how many albums have you d- done since you've been in the group? So there's the original full-length album that I'm not on, and then there's a full-length album after that. Um, that we did in Nashville. And then I want to say two EPs and a bunch of singles. Yeah. Well, I feel like, la- again, like the last few years, like nobody knows what the hell time-wise anything is. But mm-hmm. I feel like, wasn't Noel writing like a song, like releasing a song a month for a year or something like that? Or her yeah. and Andre were or something? All, it was all through 2020. Was it 2020 or 2021? It's all 20... such a blur. I know, right? It was a song, a song a month. Throughout, I don't know, let's call it the pandemic. Yeah. And then she um, put them all on a, made an EP out of them. Mm. And we booked a date at um, 310 in June of this past summer. And I call that the window. Like we played in the window. We went and we had this sense that like we were going to be okay. And COVID was over and people didn't have masks on and the place was packed. And everyone was like, we're back. Everything's, you know, it's. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that window in like yeah, June, yeah. June of this year? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we, uh, it was, yeah, I remember that. It was, it was like a moment, and somehow it, we landed this gig in that time. And um, actually, I remember there was there maybe there was that, and then an album release because there was a few things that you had to cancel after that, which is again like we're talking July or something, right? Wasn't there some stuff, and that's when it all yeah, kind of went to hell. Yeah, there was a thing at at Captain Quacks or Quackenbushes or whatever. I mean, if, can we work on the name of that? That's what that's is the, what the hell is that? <laughs> Captain Quacks. I like Quackenbush. Sounds like a lot. 
Sounds like a Rob Schneider movie or something. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's strange. It's the old Strange Brew. Oh, okay, okay, nice. So they've got a beautiful listening room in there. Um, nice. Unfortunately, they've named it Captain Quackenbush's Bakery. Interesting. So it's like a bakery and a listening room. Um, a bunch of people dressed like pirates. So I'm I get out of that. I don't know why. So that we had to cancel. Uh, I'm sure we've canceled other stuff. Um, let's work. talk about. Oh boy, um, I'm drawing a blank because you're in another group. Mm-hmm. And I remember the name, but I want to see if you remember the name. So tell us the other group that you're in. <laughs> oh, the other group. Oh, uh, right now is Sister Golden Hair. There you go. That's it. Yes. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Like the song. Now that's pretty new, right? Totally new. So what's up with that? That is um, Wendy Colonna and Barbara Nesbitt, both in the 1159. Group. Right, right. Both powerhouse songwriters and performers. And um, they started this group with Kelly McWee um, as their third. And that was the plan. And then pandemic. And um, anyway, it, it, they Kelly works with shiny ribs and does her mm. own thing. And so she's busy and over time they decided they needed an alternate. So they called me as an alternate, I think before the pandemic. Um, and then anyway, it's evolved to the point where um, Kelly's not involved. She spoke me to sing on her own music um, and I'm kind of the third. Um, and we are a total cover band of song harmony driven songs from the sixties and seventies. Nice. Um, and we focus on corporate events, private events. Um, I think we're playing like a 93rd birthday party tomorrow. Holy crap. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's totally different, totally new. Um, but, you know, it's flexing the muscles. I had to learn a lot of songs. Um, Is that just vocals or you play keys in that too? Very basic keys. Very basic. Um and so sometimes that has so the core the core group is the um the three of us two guitars mm-hmm. keys and then we all sing um and then there's also a six-piece band depending on the situation okay okay where there's actual you know bass player drummer guitar player so when we don't have a bass player i kind of do some key bass basic um but yeah it's 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 been great learning now, um, so Noel, you met many years back. Uh, what about mm-hmm. these two? Did you meet them through 1159 or have you known them prior as well? I've known them prior, um, just from the sort of scene. The scene. You know, the scene, you know, they were both good friends with Noel, good, you know, lots mm-hmm. of mutual friends. We've sort of done things together in the past. So, um, yeah, I feel like a lot of people too. Like you know their their names. Like I've heard a lot of these people, even even now, still really haven't probably talked to them. But you know, much more familiar just through the songwriting group, right? But mm-hmm. even yeah. then, like a lot of people, like I would, oh, I recognize that name. I recognize that name. It's just people that have been around in, in Austin song, like, you know, you're gonna recognize. Yeah, yeah. And, so um, <clears throat> that that's been cool, and it, it's a. Um, it's a great these corporate events and the ability to make money there is yeah. something I'm not used to. That's awesome. Yeah, corporate events is where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, you gotta like you gotta know a lot of songs. Like, do you do uh, 
uh, at some of the, I'm sure they're all different, but do you do like uh, multiple sets sometimes? Or do you do like 45 minutes, take a break, do another set, that kind of stuff? Or Yeah, like uh, we like a two hour set, hour 45 to two hours, uh-huh. maybe with a break in there is what we've been doing. Gotcha. We've got between 20 and 30 songs and we're, we just made a list of a whole bunch of other ones we, I need to chart and learn in the next couple of weeks. Um, what are some of the songs? What are some of your favorites that you do? So we do Sister Golden Hair. Mm-hmm. Shocker. Um, Bad Moon Rising. We do some James Taylor tunes, uh, Sweet Baby James, and uh, I don't know, another one. Did you know, by the way, James Taylor songs are so hard. So many chords. Have you ever learned a James Taylor song? I like whenever a student has ever, which is very rare. Usually it'd be like a, or maybe an older person be like, uh, you know, like a guy would be like, oh, I want to learn James Taylor. And I'm like, like, how can we strip this down to like some simple chords? Just you're probably not going to be able to play it. I, I really haven't. I, I know I have, but I do remember that being like intricate. It's like all the chords and almost no pattern. So it's like, <laughs> like, like, like I'm looking for a pattern, you know, something to like, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to play them without, without music, either of them. Yeah. Um, but that, but a lot of the tunes are way easier. We do like our house and seven bridges road and yeah, easy um, ones like seven bridges. Road. Yeah. You get that big. So well, easy, easy. Yeah, stuff. yeah. I don't, I don't play. That's mostly, that's mostly the. Well, because you're actual singers. Yes. For me. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Still the one. Uh, we do an Elvis tune called That's All Right, Mama. Uh, we do some Beatles. Things We Said Today. Do you know that Beatles tune? What album is it on? Do you know? I probably Everybody, like, I probably know it, but I don't recognize the title because there's been plenty of Beatles songs where someone will be like, how about this? And I'm like, oh, what is it? And then you hear it and you're like, oh, I've heard that. It's a Beatles tune that I, di- I didn't know. I really wasn't familiar with it and I love it. Uh, I don't know what album it is. Say it. Say it. What is it again? The name? Things we things we said today. The things we said today. Okay. Yeah, uh, it's Gotta early. Be, it sounds like early. Yeah, early Beatles. Um, and uh, I don't know what else. Um, when will I be loved? Linda Ronstadt. Mm. Um, You're just I making think. me think of the James Taylor. I remember playing a wedding one time. Actually, it was that wedding when we had Jamie on here, Vic. The oh yeah, that we played. And I had most of the songs were no no big deal, you know. I mean, a lot of classic rock stuff. And I was playing like uh, acoustic guitar. It was like ceremony music for a friend's wedding. Um, and this other guy was playing violin, and just his resume is just insane. Like he was literally like played violin on like an Office episode, and he's played with like Yo Yo Ma. It's just ridiculous, yeah. right? Like the Office, yeah. The, yes. he, the finale. Yeah. The finale yeah, the episode. Finale. Like, it was uh, world class. It's silly. What it, it was a sweet, sweet child of mine, Guns and Roses. So it's it's the uh, it's the violin version. And do you notice. Let's note. I'm I'm more interested that in that than I am the Yo Yo Ma. <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> love like, the Office like, though. Like wait, I, that he's show. On the office? I love the Office so yeah. much. Like, it's a great show. Um, it, it's it's the wedding. It's the wedding scene. I think the, yeah, at yeah, the very the last. And the finale, right? The wedding scene. So yeah. the I think the song that she comes in on that she gets carried in on, right? It's Sweet Child of Mine. And it, I, yeah. that was him. And literally, yeah, he's one of those. Gig. He's one of those guys. I mean, his resume is just crazy. Like he's played with Willie Nelson, Pearl Jam. I, it just goes on and on and on. But like uh, 
he, one of the first things we asked him to was like about his violin. I was like, so do you play like a Stradivarius? And he was like, no, it's a something. I don't know what the, was, I don't remember what it was called, like an 1800s blotty blah. That was like a $250,000 violin, <laughs> like literally. And like, so I meet up with this guy and we just like, you know, we got the tunes beforehand and kind of learned them. And then just got together the the dress rehearsal the day before the wedding and like ran the tunes together and then played the next day. But like, and most of it was no big deal for me because I'm playing chords to all these old classic rock songs that are great. But when you said James Taylor, it made me think the one song that I was like, Jesus Christ. And I had to get on YouTube and look up stuff and we did it in a key or I had to capo it and I never use a cape. It was just a very funky thing it was Bridge Over Troubled Water. I don't know if you've ever done that one, but I remember that song being pretty tricky for some reason i had some problems with that and i had to like watch a video or something and then of all and this was outdoors and of all the fucking songs the wind blows my goddamn music page (laughs) (laughs) during that song like any other song i probably could be like i think i remember it okay but i was like shit you know like i know what you mean like there's there's certain songs where just like i cannot get this in my brain yeah yeah those jams is those james taylor ones for me and yeah but I, I did just upgrade my my scene from from actual like paper charts in a notebook to like the whole <laughs> the whole iPad setup. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I gotta get with the twenty first century here and do that because it's a lot. Uh, it's a it's a lot of ramp up to get it set up right, or at least it was for me. Uh, but now that I have it, it's like. So what? How does that work? Since I know nothing of this, and I really should, because it's. Perfect for all those gigs with easy songs that you kind of know if someone's like, hey, this, oh, swipe, go, right? Yeah. So you take pictures of your charts uh-huh. and you get them in this in the program. And the one I'm using is Fourscore. Um, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. But so for me, like I was like, oh, I'll put it on my, my mini, my iPad mini, which I've had for nine years. And literally the only thing I use it for is reading like i put books on there so when i went to put the software on there it was like oh we don't understand your device like this is too old we can no new software can go on this device so i had to buy an ipad of course so i got an ipad and i got this four score thing and i took you take pictures of the charts it stores them and then you can create set lists and you just drag them Mm. just drag them so so for you can change, have set lists for all your different bands that you're in. It's really easy to change them. And then you just, you know, flip them with your finger. Um, and you need, you need your battery not to die. Um, it's always but, some kind of preparation. Oh, yeah. That, now I need a charger. Yeah. I know I, 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 yeah. I'm like, carry, I'm carrying a charger. And then we played an outdoor gig. This was what, before I had my new iPad. And I just like took pictures, like pick like photographs mm-hmm. and just had them in my camera roll. And I'm like, <laughs> in my camera roll at this gig, it was like, it was outside. And I realized I can't, you can't see the screen outside. <laughs> like you, you just because of the sun and the glare, right? You can't see yes. So, yeah. so that's a thing I couldn't I couldn't know, but um, I think it's I've heard that it's better. We haven't played outdoors since I've had my iPad, but I've heard that it's better in this program. It doesn't it doesn't matter if you're outside. Oh, it's like the glare. It's it's glare proof, waterproof, glare proof. I guess so. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, like several years back, like I had some silly thing upgrading an iphone or something and it's like oh and you can get an ipad for 
dirt cheap or for, nothing's free, right? But whatever they that salt. And I think I actually got one for like a day, and I was like, "Why do I have this? I don't. There, I, there's nothing I need this for." And at the time, I, there was no reason to have it. But with like music stuff and these and travel situations and perform, that's the one time I think that that because the, the phone's too damn small. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't want to take your freaking laptop, you know. So like that's I feel like the time that the iPad actually does make sense. Yeah. So I use it. So now I use it for all my reading. I use it for my charts for my own stuff and for for everything and i use it to play tetris which they don't make anymore so it's called so it's some alternate version but did you know they don't make tetris anymore why is that i they just don't i love tetris so do i i got i don't even know where this thing is it's around here somewhere but like i did one of those silly ah, geez do you guys remember there was something about these Nintendo and it was one of these bullshit knockoff China things that like advertised things that weren't even on a hundred games in one or a thousand oh, games in one yeah. little mini Nintendo little controller, like the old original yeah. NES, but it was like teeny teeny little thing came with a controller. And I think they actually did have maybe not even Contra, but super Contra, which was weird. And I loved Contra back in the day. So I was like, that was a win. They didn't have any of the Mario stuff. They didn't have shit. Like they had like a hundred worthless crap games. They had the they games had- that nobody bought. Yes, they had all the shit, but yeah. they had Tetris, and uh-huh. I played the shit out of Tetris on that thing. Oh, I love Tetris. I've played the shit out of Tetris in my life. That and Miss Pac-Man. Oh I yeah, mean, classic. No Rick one Doc. needs no one needs to mess with me on those on those video games. So but, what's up with Tetris though? Why aren't they making it? I don't know. They they just don't make it. I I had it on my old on my old Kindle, and I tried to put it on and they don't make it so i uh they make knockoffs of it called like puzzle blocks and mm-hmm. things like that which are pretty good i think the one i have is some puzzle blocks or something it's it's a it's a pretty good substitution but it's not quite the same you know you it, they don't you know how tetris like they they fall they're falling down uh-huh. and you have to turn them and, and fit them well this is like they come into the bottom and then you move them with your finger into position Oh, so you no. can move them up or move them down. It's it's different. I've not evolved. I haven't evolved to that species of like hybrid human AI person yet. Like I still want to need a controller in my hands. Like I, there was a game. I, I'm sure nobody knows of this game, but it was the most random thing. When like it was like Doctor Wario. I don't think it was Mario, but it was some knockoff of Mario. It was that somebody once upon a time there was an arcade game that combined Tetris and Mario, and it was awesome. It was like this evil Mario doctor, and, and it was like I'm not. And the, the Tetris blocks were like different pills, <laughs> like it was so bizarre, but it was super fun. Was it Wario? Like, I feel like it. Well, there was like a Game Boy thing or something with Wario. I remember Wario, right? The evil Mario or something. Yeah. If I was like, that would be like the thing. If I was like ridiculously rich, I would just be like. I have everything. What else can I get? I'd be like, I want that one arcade game from 1990 that. You know, that was in that one Pizza Hut or something. And like the full size arcade. Travel the world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. I love those old school like arcade. Uh, that was do, you a- re- do you remember that um the Miss Pac-Man table? Yes. Yeah. And they still even have those in like old school pizza joints. Like that's becoming less and less of a thing, but where you'd sit down. Yes, they have those and it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I used to I used to get blisters. I used to have to wear have to wear band-aids so that I could still play you know, the joystick, but you know where they had one was at, um, there was a juice land that they put out here in Dripping Springs, which, no way. Out of, which out of business in the past year, 
during the pandemic with so many other things, but they had one of those Ms. Pac-Man um, tables. It was wonky and it didn't work all the time. Um, Do you guys know that pizza place? Like, is it Conan's Pizza or something? There's a couple uh, of them around town. I feel like they have those old school video games there. I've seen there, there's a couple. Of, what, what's the difference between Miss Pac-Man and Pac-Man, though? Well, it's just Miss Pac-Man's like the female Pac-Man. It's got more shit, right? I think it was more. There was more. It was later, so there's more cool stuff in it, right? There's a there's a documentary on Netflix that talks about that, and it, uh, Miss Pac-Man was a mod that these that these uh, college dudes made to plug into Pac-Man machines to make it more challenging because Pac-Man was pretty repetitive. People figured out the patterns. And so they created this mod that arcades could buy and make it more challenging. And so, and that, and so I think that what, it, what happened was the um, Pac-Man manufacturer, uh, I think they tried to sue him or something, but anyway, it ended up turning into a Miss Pac-Man game. Uh, somebody bought their business or something like that but so it is it just because i'm partial to miss pac-man or did miss pac-man kind of take over i think it did no it was it was way it was a way cooler game yeah yeah okay because i don't i can't tell you exactly what's different between them except that i'm pretty sure miss pac-man is way better it is well you know there's actually a mario brothers too that's super boring and lame and repetitive it was like there was an original mario brothers was just like donkey kong but with these two plumbers <laughs> oh yeah then, we have we have right. a version of that yeah and then they and there made are, there's it's super the two mario. levels yes exactly yeah yeah you but can oh, s- go ahead no i was gonna say you can buy a miss pac-man tabletop game for like 600 bucks or an actual tabletop console. I think you're. I think we all know what you're. You're going to ask for for Christmas now. <laughs> well, so the um, Super Mario Brothers. I used to be good at that too, but that I did on the you know the, with the Nintendo controller. Mm-hmm. You know, I loved all those Mario games: Mario Two, Mario Three, Mario World. They're mm-hmm. all good, and um. The Super Nintendo. Remember Super Nintendo Mario Kart? That was like one of the best games ever. Did y'all ever play so that, that? People still play that. Who do I know? Who's so good. I think kids are still playing that. It's so good. You could be like, I don't know why, but like I had all the Mario characters from like that they brought in a Mario. To, like you could do like Mario and Luigi, I guess, and Toad and Princess. But for some crazy ass reason, Donkey Kong was in there. That's right. <laughs> so I was always Donkey Kong. Like he was a little slower getting rolling, but then he could just like muscle everyone off the road and throw bananas and shit, and everyone would peel out. So I, oh man, yeah. I did never get to Mario Kart. That must have been like so good. I don't. I must have been out of video games by then. Well, see, but, I was know, the old yeah eight bit. Once they started getting to the what was it after the Super Nintendo? It was 8-bit, then it went to 16. Oh, and then it went to right. Nintendo 64. That's where 64 I kind of checked bit, out. Yeah. It's and like old school X- 3D. When did Xbox come? Around that same time, probably. Do you guys remember, um, like, Qbert? What was that game system? Oh, my God. Qbert. Well, that was probably Atari, even. They probably redid it on Nintendo, but oh. I thought that was Atari. ColecoVision. Was it? Was it ColecoVision? That sounds familiar, but I'm not placing it. That all sounds like Atari stuff to me. Do you remember Qbert? He was on... Did you guys? Oh, that? I totally know who. Q oh, yeah, is. yeah. A little orange uh, dude that would jump around. Down. Yeah, 
Yeah. Oh my gosh, I hadn't thought about that in so long. Oh, like old arcade games. You had like Hubert and what was that? Galaga or what was it? Galaga. What was that? Galaga. Uh, um, there was Joust, right? Do you remember? Oh my God, Joust. Joust. I had that on Atari. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I never have that one. Oh man. It was, I mean, the old Atari games were just so like primitive that, but it was so, it was a, it was a computer, you know, back then. Yeah. I remember getting a used one, you know, when we were, you know, you know, pushing teenager years, and I was just like, we got like a used old Atari at like a garage sale, and just had like thirty games of bullshit. But yeah, all those asteroids, remember that? Yes, yes. Missile Command, asteroid, missile. <laughs> you just turn around in a circle, blowing shit up. What's the one with the um? That's the... Galaga. Galaga, right? where the little things are coming down. They used to always have those at arcades too. Oh, centipede. That's, I think you're centipede. That's one with the. It's yeah, it's like a worm. Yeah. Oh yeah. Centipede. <laughs> centipede. Um, that's coming down. And then um, Asteroids makes me think of, uh, do you remember Pong? Well, Pong was the original, right? Pong like, was the original. Was... So it just was like a, it, she turned it. And, right. And just. A little you, ball bounced around. Yep. And it had, it. it had a noise and all you had was a paddle. It didn't move up or down. It just moved back oh, and forth. So, so, and then what, what basically what Pong and then, that, and then Atari happened. And then remember combat, like then you had combat where you had these two little squares with like another little square that were tanks right yes and they would fire at each other and try to blow up each other's tanks but in the old atari days if you guys remember whenever you <laughs> whenever something would go off one side of the screen it would come back in on the other side of the screen yeah i, I feel like you could actually blow someone up from like coming in from behind them oh man i haven't thought about those games in years i, I regret selling that i wish i still had those those primitive game systems i wonder so if they're worth anything my husband went and bought like a whole bunch of those old things and set set it up in the garage i'm not sure if it if it, i'm not sure what all he has or if it's working but he tried he like went through the same like nostalgia and was like yeah. i'm gonna go see what I'll, i'm gonna see if i can get these games he got them like on ebay and yeah it's super fun for like a night and then you're like all right this is boring as shit but like <laughs> and it's kind of like how i was with that nintendo i like played contra and like some game and then i was like all right well i'm bored but that was awesome and like <laughs> there's there are a handful of those old games that are like super cool and i think it's like really cool to have if you have those old it's kind of like having like a pool table or something right and like mm. people come over and it's just like a thing it's like oh. i remember one time i was like uh doing like this whole like country tour thing in like west west texas and like we stayed at someone's house and they had a Super Nintendo or they had all these old Nintendo games. And I was just like, dude, I just like checked out. I was just like, y'all have fun doing whatever that I'm just like getting here, like playing Nintendo all night long. Well, I, I remember being a kid and and being so excited. We did, we were always behind on the, on the video games, right. you know, like we but I had friends who always were the first ones to get the new things. And so. If man, if I got invited over there, the Cubert house was one. Um, <laughs> you know, Cubert like I house. never had Cubert, but when I went over there, I'd be, I'd be like, no, I don't want to, I don't really want to hang out or talk. Can we just like play Cubert? <laughs> we have these neighbors, same thing. They always had like badass stuff, and they always had all the video games and the newer stuff. And I remember they had a freaking uh, pinball machine, and I would just be like <sighs> dying to go over there and just play pinball, man. Free pinball. But yeah, we were the same way. And I, this is really funny. So I remember because Nintendo came out in, you know, 85 or something. Right. And so everyone's getting it. It got into like the kind of late 80s. And we were like asking for a Nintendo for Christmas. And my my brother like really didn't want to let go of the Santa Claus thing. And I, I remember like him telling our friends because we got we ended up getting a Nintendo. And he was like, I know there's a Santa because 
there's like, there's our parents were not going to get us a Nintendo. I know that Santa Santa brought us a Nintendo. <laughs> and me and my friends are like, yeah, yeah, Santa, yeah. <laughs> Is that is that a younger brother or an older brother? Yeah, he's a little bit younger. <laughs> he's your oh. older brother. <laughs> my older, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I was I was twelve. He was uh, twenty three. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still believes in Santa to this day. Uh, isn't that sweet? <laughs> oh man, it's such yeah, a. Who, 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 I, I remember the uh, so your kids. How old did you say your kids were? Twelve and twelve and thirteen. So I'm a. I'm assuming they don't believe in Santa at this point. The, uh, no. Okay. Uh, okay. Because what is the age? Like, did your kids have like a uh, a moment where they figured? I remember figuring it out and getting like su- and being like super upset because I feel like I figured it out. I mean, when did when did most kids figure it out? Like, Vic, when did this groundbreaking news shatter your childhood? Um, uh, I don't know. I don't remember. Like seven, eight. Maybe a little sooner. Who knows? So for so for mine, it was like nine, nine, ten. So yeah, yeah, nine ish. So this is the I think the second year when they both knew. Right. And man, it's so much easier because otherwise you have to you know like hide everything. Yeah. Now I can just be like, hey, my office is Christmas Town, so. Right. Don't go in there. Right. And you you know you don't have to worry about things like oh are they gonna know that I had that wrapping paper you know like are they gonna put shit together like figure this out and am I gonna right. crush them? But you know but you know what parents have to deal with now that that they didn't have to um, before is that damn elf on the shelf. And do you guys know about that? Yeah. So I mean, I, all I know about it is this this thing that you just go stick in random spots all over your house, right? For some reason. Yeah. So it's. So it's like every night, I mean, every family can create their own kind of tradition with it, but it's every night, you know, it goes somewhere new mm-hmm. and it's supposed, you know, it's like the eyes of Santa, but like then elves start, they start bringing gifts and they start doing funny things and getting up to like, no good. And like, mm-hmm. if you go on Pinterest and look up like the elf on the shelf, oh, you yeah. will see some crazy stuff. The bar is high. So the no, kids learn, yeah, I've seen, you know, they learn yeah. at school. Oh, so-and-so's elf did this. So-and-so's elf did this, and I'm like. Well, here's another but here's another thing. Now you have daughters or, or boy da- girl? girls. Both girls. girls. Yeah. So as a general rule, uh, I don't know, are 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 young girls just maybe more mature than young boys? However, I say this with a grain of salt because as a quote unquote grown man, I'm still like as immature or more so than I was. I think you're really immature and then you get in that awkward adolescent phase and you try to like and then you get old and like now me and my like best friends who I've known forever we're just as we're like more immature than their kids. You know what I mean? It's like Yeah. I mean my my so, driver's my driver's license age is like late 40s. My internal age is 12 still. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> and so I know for for a fact for myself and most guy friends I have like What's a guy going to do, especially a, teen, a, a boy is probably going to do something oh, sexual, right? For sure. With those elves. I, I, I think a lot of elves <laughs> on shelf things are sexual. Am I wrong? Or torture, uh, right? But but no. Because sure. You just got I dark, you, you might be wrong, at least in a house with kids, because because the parents do the elf. Okay. Oh. So the kids don't Shows do what the I elf. know. So like... You know, the kids, the kids wake up in the morning and they look for the elf. Oh. And they look and see, you know, I'm sure there's some families where the kids do like do 
you know, crazy stuff with the elf, but like. <laughs> I'm learning yeah. a lot tonight. I didn't. I'm learning a lot about what uh, Elf on the Shelf is actually supposed to be. I thought it was just a, a, a thing for men to amuse themselves with. Um, so, <laughs> what, what's the point of you hiding? Like, what? So, what are you saying? Like, you hide this thing every night, and then they go run around find it so they could accidentally discover presents or something. No, the, not really. Not really presents. It's just like it's just like a thing to like another thing for parents to do. But it just but one it more also, fucking pain in your ass. Kind of. Kind of. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, God damn it. I, I already Seriously. had to go get your fucking presents Seriously. and figure out how to wrap shit and hide. And now I got to freaking run around the house with an elf every damn night. Yeah. So every night, so every night she moves somewhere. Uh-huh. She's supposed to move somewhere else to let, you know, and the kids go find it. But like, you know, sometimes they do all these different kinds of things. Like, for instance, maybe one night the elf gets out all their underwear and puts all their underwear on the trees. Which <laughs> That's like the most sexual it ever gets. That's what it's I, not I, sexual I, that's, at all. that's how it starts. That's how these elves. It's all, it starts with the or, underwear. And the next thing you know, that's you know. Well, and and sometimes like once the elf like we had a like a black table, and once the elf like put down flour like snow, and then made a little elf snow angel in the snow, or like mm, um, I see. Do you so you got to get creative after a while, right? Yeah, it's creative and it's work, and so then you get burned out, and then you just move her. Right. She she doesn't really do anything or somebody, you know, sometimes once, you know, I've done things where she's been like taped to a window, you know, or like in the refrigerator, like with a washcloth towel. So that all sounds sexual. It's it's all a matter of interpretation, perception. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, I, I feel like what you can do this coming year. Is you can do your own version of Elf in the Shelf. You could borrow ours because she's not being used. (laughs) Okay. And, uh, you can any, you know. You can I would be I, too lazy for that. I would just be like that. I would well, the, the elf would sit in one damn spot until I moved. Just what would happen? With well, that that's thing. what it, that's what ends up happening. Or God forbid you forget. Like we forgot once or twice Uh-oh. when the kids were little, and then wake up and they're like, "Oh, Sparkle didn't move. Sparkle didn't move," and we're like. You didn't move her. You didn't. I don't know her. how you to didn't... tell you this, sweetheart, but Sparkle and was uh, like, on is on heroin. And oh, Sparkle has a cold. Sparkle has a so cold. <laughs> she wasn't able to move. So you find yourself like making up this, like you know. So now that they know about all of this, we don't have to do Sparkle anymore. I told them if they want to do Sparkle, they can think of something creative and they can do it for each other. But I, I'm out. I'm out on the elf. But. <laughs> Yeah, the learning about Santa. I don't remember when I learned. I think I learned gradually, probably mostly from school. Yeah, like that's the thing too. Like there's just no way, even if you want to hang on to that, you're going to go to school and all your friends are going to start telling you there's no Santa. And then you're just going to be like, you're all wrong. My brother held on hard, man. Sure, he appreciates me talking about it on this podcast. (laughs) Just remember, it's really funny because like none of our friends were like dropping hints and like, making like little comments and the moms were like, stop it. <laughs> He's still oh, yeah. Santa. Don't ruin that for him. Yeah. Yeah. I have a, um, I have a friend whose daughter, she, oh, what happened? She caught, she woke up when, as the tooth fairy was arriving. Uh, oh. So she like woke up, she woke up like to her dad, you know, like, putting money underneath the pillow and she was like you know surprised she was like nine or whatever 
And so she's she's crying and she's upset. There's no tooth fairy. And she's like, so oh, the Easter bunny? And they're like. Start yeah. putting it all like, together. And she was like, oh, Santa. <laughs> and they, they were like, they were like, yeah. This Same. horrible traumatic snowball effect. Same thing. When she was the oldest of three girls and they're like, you cannot say anything. We know you're going to, this is a terrible night for you, but you cannot say anything. But they all just went down like dominoes. That's like the first, I I wonder if like on some deeper level, like that's why this whole Santa thing exists. It's like, it's your first real traumatic dose of adulthood as a child. And like you get this crushing news, your whole world flips upside down and you're not allowed to to share it with anybody. You just got to keep the anguish inside, (laughs) carry this burden for the rest of your life. It's like, welcome to adulthood. And this is why we all need therapy. It begins there. Well, there's, there doesn't. probably is therapy for like eight year olds who found out there's no Santa. I'm sure that exists, you know. Huh. I mean, we could probably still go process it now if we need to. I feel like um, I kind of think that's a good idea, you know. Maybe like a lot of adults, I just want to start there, right? Where did it all start for you? Let's start with. If I was a psychiatrist, but like, let's start with Santa. You just immediately see people. <laughs> ah, the horrible memories come flooding back. Uh. This should be your next 1159 song. We got we got to like nudge Dave to do some prompts next year so that we can get some of this elf in the shelf Santa stuff in there. Hey, can I ask you how you how you know Dave? How did you come to be in 1159? I met Dave around I think 2009 from this um nonprofit uh thing called Grounded in Music and we were both oh, instructors yeah. there. Yeah. That's Susanna Schoffel was there for I think a one uh, you know a year or something too and mike longoria do you know him i met him mm-hmm. that way a lot of great yeah a lot of great um well i say a lot i mean it was a handful of instructors but yeah that's how i met dave and then um i think when he started this i saw him at like a one of those recording academy functions um and i remember him talking about it and inviting me and i was like yeah that sounds cool and and i feel like that was four years ago so i think this is your four well, he's yeah. like the greatest MC of this whole thing. Like his Oh, emails. he's amazing. Yeah. And I like one thing I like about David, he's a great musician, obviously, but he's I, I really like enjoy good writing too. And he's mm-hmm. he's a very good writer. And he oh, like yeah. takes his time and he really puts everything out in the prompts and like go it's stuff like I don't know about you, but I have to go look up all these words. You know, it's like Oh my gosh. Chimera, like, what the hell's this? And I go look yeah. it up. I'm like, well, that's badass. And then I like, ends it. then you end up writing something really cool or, you know, or it takes you somewhere else. And that's the point. So yeah, he does a great, a great job of really making us think, right? I'm just, I'm just grateful that um, we don't have to actually use the word um, mm-hmm. in a song. Um, I actually, because, of all the songs, I used that word. Did you? Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I didn't. But like diaspora, do you remember diaspora from? Oh, I don't. I, I was like, I'm glad you said it because I think this whole time I just like kept silent, like the one kid who knew there was no Santa, and I, because I didn't know how to say it. Like you yeah. say it. How do you say it? I how think say it's. That word? I think it's diaspora. Yeah, I think I, you're right. Yeah. Um. And I think I think in the end that's the one I didn't end up writing about because that's when I write, wrote survivors was during the last week. During the last week of last year's 1159. Right. Well, because that was the. Yes. That's. Oh, I so remember that because it didn't it. I think there was an email even saying like, hey, it's totally cool if you don't get your song in this week because duh, like people are without power and all that kind of stuff. So so I I was I just abandoned 
the diaspora idea. Like I had some like ideas percolating, but I was like, I really don't know what the hell I'm going to do with this. So instead I was like, I'm just going to write about what's happening right now. Yeah. And well, we're glad you did get a good song out there. And you use the word percolating. That's a good one too. Did I just say that? You said percolating. See, yeah. look at the effect this has had on you. You're so smart. I know, I know, but <laughs> I, I'm still, I'm still never going to use diaspora in a, in a sentence. And I, and I looked up, I looked up, this week's word and i all this all this time i thought it was chimera or chimera or i but i looked it up it's actually chimera oh for fuck's sake see now i, I just said it completely wrong in my chorus of my new song <laughs> chimera no, who cares you can't understand I what could, i'm saying anyway i could be wrong i could be wrong no, i think you're right that's it. i'm done i'm not i'm throwing this song away i'm not going to turn it in no don't but it's, it's just all... like yeah like what is that so this is my Santa Claus nothing. moment on this podcast. You're a chimera, chimera. chimera. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think, yeah. Man, I'm that, really that glad right. we had this conversation. Well, you can, you can just say you were singing about the Mexican version of the chimera, chimera. <laughs> chimera, yeah. <laughs> it kind of sounds like a Mexican food, like a dessert or something like, you know, I want some side of chimeras. Or a, with or a burrito that'll blow your ass off, you know, later on. So. <laughs> oh, man. Did you get the new chimera from Taco Bell? <laughs> The new Chimera sauce. Oh, man. Uh, yeah. Well, what's the new word? Or well, that's ch- Chimera. What's the one? What's the next one? Do you know? Have you looked yet? Uh, I think it's Witness. Never heard of that word. The only reason I know There's always like one word that you understand. Like, oh, catharsis. I know that one. <laughs> well, it's the, I think that's the only reason I remember what it is, is because it's the only, I was like, oh, Witness. I can write about that. I, I witnessed Skunk run into the bathroom after he had the Chimera from the Yeah, there you go. <laughs> we should just combine them all <laughs> right. into, but make them all mean something different. There you go. Yes. I yes. can't get off the Santa Claus thing. Now I'm going to be like a witness <laughs> to my parents, you know putting out presents i'm gonna write about the traumatic child i'm not you, write about you that could do you could do a sister podcast that's all about that begins with the santa experience everybody's you know what that's actually a great idea a podcast where everybody comes on and talks about how they found out there was no santa mm-hmm. or at Ooh. least that starts it have so can we talk about you for a minute I don't know how long you need to do this. I know you need to write a song. so Yeah. Uh, no, we could go a little bit longer. Then I, I definitely need to get my song written. Yeah, <laughs> my, whatever. I got to write this Chimera song. <laughs> I'm probably going to eat a Chimera and then write the song. Go ahead. So you have you have like 65 episodes with like a hugely eclectic group of people. And once again, see what I did there? Yeah. yeah. I think but we like picked a good it name. It really, Vic. really is. Yeah. Um, I mean, people from, it seems like people from all over the world. Yeah. And um, where do you, are these all people that you know somehow? A lot of them are. And some of them are people we've just reached out to or been put in touch with and that kind of thing. And I mean, just really for, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's so. just, uh, that's it never was like a, a fear of not, of lack of guests because there's just mm-hmm. so many people out there and you meet so many different people. So, yeah. But, I mean, the, the episode before this, we didn't know those guys, right? They were, referred to us the space camp guys actually yeah so we uh it, what's really cool now so we started you know this during the pandemic that's why we started this actually <laughs> we Vic were and bored. I hadn't, had, yeah <laughs> we hadn't talked in a while and we were i think we were just doing a zoom to 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 catch up on stuff and whatever and vic was like yeah i've been doing some voiceover stuff or whatever and you know it'd be cool to do a podcast and that's one of those like things that I always had in the back of my brain like or and you know friends be like oh podcast you start a pod, but <laughs> hey, i never we should really start a band 
Right? We should start a band. <laughs> That'll be easy and fun and not require any work whatsoever. No. Like, the, by the way, this is just like everything else. You're like, yeah, cool, no big deal. And then you get into it, and you're like, fucking shit, this is a lot of work. Like, we had a, like a, a lot of troubleshooting, and I mean, we still do, obviously, right at the beginning of it. But it's like, but it's super fun, and and um, yeah, I mean, so we just kind of, it, it almost kind of started like on a whim, right? And you just brought it up, and I'm like, yeah, let's let's do that. And fortunately, Vic took the initiative and. Did the research and figured out how to do it, which has gotten you know much easier in this day and age, right? And so we were like, yeah, oh. cool. We just started booking people, and um, and then recently this season two or whatever, the last I don't know when we started that November or something. We took a couple months off, and then um, we partnered up with this publication in Canada in Toronto called Top Shelf Music. And yeah, I, so, I've yeah, listened to a little through them. Yeah, they're super cool. Um, and uh, so they've actually thrown a couple of guests our way, like Vic was saying, that last group, Space Camp. And I think Skunk Funk came through them, too. So they'll put yes. us in touch with various yeah. managers or press people or whatever. And then we end up getting, you know, that. And yeah, it's just kind of whatever. But thanks. Yeah, I, I love that aspect of it, that it's just all over the place because there's just, you know, it's really fascinating talking to all these different people. I enjoy it. And so how do you guys know each other from playing music together? We go ahead. <laughs> we we actually met at ACC in Spanish class. What? Yeah. yeah. And uh we were I think it was our final project. We had to do a we had a we had to do a play or we had to film uh like a, a short movie it was a or newscast. something. Newscast. Newscast, right? Newscast. Or I guess just film a video, right, with whatever theme you want. And in between all the work that we were doing and all the drinking we were doing, we started talking about, I think Alice in Chains or something like that. Well, clutch the band we clutch. were talking about earlier. Yeah. Right? Clutch. So we just started talking music. Like when we did this, we did this project together and I think we sat next to each other, maybe casually talking class. But then after we had this group project, we, after that, we all went and hung out and just, you know, had some beers and, and just, you know, it's started talking. So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we've been friends. That was 2005. Five. We've known each other for freaking forever now. Yeah. So, yeah, it made that's, sense, you know. That's so cool. And so with the podcast then, do you have sponsors or is that a goal or do you not care about that or is it? I Well, it'd be great to, to get to that place. I mean, right now we just kind of plug companies that I work with and um, like uh, guitar, you know, Tragen Guitars, Godan Guitars, Ernie Ball Strings, yeah. like musical companies. <laughs> Obviously, Top Shelf Music since they're putting it out on their sites. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just people, different people like that. And uh, another longtime friend of mine, that really immature guy, I was telling you about. <laughs> he's got a construct. He started a construction business called Five Iron Woodworks. So right now we just kind of plug all them and they, you know, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. But if you know anybody that ever wants to give a podcast money, let us know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll keep my ears open. <laughs> it's like anything though. Nice. I feel like it's well, it's just like how are you? Let's talk about one last thing. Like. Um, mm-hmm. Well, then I'll ask you the weird questions that I always ask at the end of podcasts. Like when, we, when we're like, we should just be like, okay, thanks for coming on. I'm like, well, what's your favorite food? Chimeras? You love, you like Chimera? What, I mean, what spice level do you like your Chimera at? Uh-huh. Uh, I thought you were going to bring, uh, bring up the Bermuda Triangle Cruise. Oh, okay. So I want to know what you eat. And we got the Bermuda Triangle question for you. Okay. But before that, now I lost my train of thought. What the hell were we saying? What was uh, I talking about? Podcast sponsors. Oh, social uh, media. How oh. are you with all that stuff? Oh, we're how do you horrible do that? With it, do you yeah. like it? Oh, we're horrible oh. with it. Yeah. But how are you? I don't know. Uh, well, I mean, I, I'm a designer. I just, I, you know, I, that's a good so, point. So 
I'm able to do my own stuff and I, you know, I can, I, I don't have to like do that added thing where I find someone to work with and design myself. I can just do it. I don't know how good I am at it though. You know, I try not to be annoying, but I'll try to get the word out. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I, I know. Right. It's kind of a, there's, right. a, there's a balance to be had because it's like, you have to, you know, you have to be on there these days. Yeah. Right. But it's also like, I, it gets so exhausting. So I feel like I've gotten to that point. I know Vic's like this, where we're just like this, <laughs> you know, what else do you do? You <laughs> like, here you go. Podcast everybody. So yeah. So that'll yeah. be, a, that'll be our advertisement when your podcast comes out. It'll be like Emily podcast. Yeah. two do, words do you have a, um do you have an instagram does the podcast have an instagram we do like we just use it uh for i just basically put up what uh, each of the guests with like a synopsis and it's kind of what we do with that kind of a link yeah, yeah. and like a, if, yeah. You, we link it? if you ever need help like um with some kind of uh, logos aren't really my forte but i can do logos but like just some kind of like little square graphic that's like that you use on a regular basis that's like I don't know, some kind of promo or whatever. Cool. Yeah, I appreciate the offer. Um, and that would be pro bono. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm just kind of out there in social media with everyone else, kind of wiggling yeah. around and doing what I can. Vic spends all his time on TikTok. You know. <laughs> I don't even doing know what dance, that is. Doing dance videos. Oh, God. Oh, that's... <laughs> man, that's that's where all my... Uh, that's... I mean, my kids are on TikTok all the time. They're on all the social media. They're like... I mean, we're the, we're the old generation on Facebook, right? Facebook is like... Oh, yeah. Facebook whatever. is not so not cool. They're no, like... The, all dinosaur old land. <laughs> old people are on Facebook, so we are not. It's the MySpace now, right? Oh, it's not that yeah. bad. I don't know if we'll ever get that bad, but... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Like, I know there are alternate sites, but I think it's so hard for any of them to compete, right? Like, I discovered this thing now um, called Rumble. Have you heard of this? Mm -mm. It's only videos, I guess. Oh, it's the YouTube oh. competitor. Yeah. Is that what it is? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, did, I thought it was like another social media platform, and I got on there, and I was like, what, what do you do? And I just, like, uploaded our new video. I was like, I guess that's all. It's just for videos. And so I was yeah. like, well, well, I was going to do video content. That's a place, I guess. But yeah. Uh, so oh go ahead Vic. oh no no go go for it well i just was gonna say anything video related and i'm screwed i i just i don't really that's an area where i need to get better uh, it's all like it's like i just feel like it's all very time consuming you know what i mean it's like oh if you, to write and produce to put together a song that takes time it's not just something you even if you're like i'm gonna knock this no you're not it takes time Making a video like takes the time. crappy lyric videos i've made on yeah. youtube or whatever it takes me like a thousand hours yes Yes. And then it gets like 227 views. And it's like, what? What? That now is precisely like, the dilemma. Yeah. It's like, do why do I work this hard for, for that time? That's more, than a, that's more than our yeah. podcast views. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, you're right. Well, Vic and I have probably been talking about for like a year of going like, we should make a little uh, uh, montage of like, you know, cool, funny moments. Oh, clips. Which would be, would, would yeah. be great. But again, it would turn into something that was very time consuming and then yeah. we'd get 14 Clips. views and I'd be like, well, I'm glad I spent two weeks of my life doing that, you know? So I think that's the, the I think that's what everyone faces these days because it's just like everything is saturated to no end. But can you, you know? do like an, like an outtakes, like an outtakes role? I think that would be cool. <laughs> like that. That could, we, you know what? It should. It could be the beginning of every one of our podcasts. Hello? Hello? Are you? Hello? <laughs> Like, like I, there's what's that noise? Hello, Vic, can you hear me? Change your microphone setting. Yeah, see, like that would be funny. Like uh, we we did uh 
uh, one of the podcasts we we, we had like we some ta- recaps or something, right? Yeah. One, well, one of the which band was it where the dude just kept on talking and he it was uh, where was he from? Like North Carolina or something? He had that real thick Southern accent, right? What? And he was talking. At, do you remember that one? Ah, jeez. I remember North Carolina. We had we had you know Jelly Ellington. We had him on here. He's Jelly. from Nashville. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah, Jelly. Uh, he was. A, we had a lot of fun with Jelly. Uh, and then um, PJ was one that he's in Nashville. I don't. I don't know who. Oh, dude, I know which one you're talking. That was to Evil Sky Burial. Sky, they did it from yes. Evil Snail and they yes. uh, Shane and that other dude were from North Carolina. That's so right. after the podcast, these other guys come out and we're all just talking. And I think you started the podcast. It's horrible. I, I hit rec- <laughs> oh yeah. It's totally adult guy porno gross. But it's hilarious because it just dives in. Like, is it an outtake or does the podcast start like that? No, no. It was like the outtake. It's like okay. we did. We finished the podcast. We did the outro music or something. And then I just faded in just the audio right. clip of him talking about some crazy story. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fitting things where they shouldn't fit. So, yeah, they're... they're... See, people would be interested in that. No, yeah. that's They don't really... <laughs> I hate to break it to you or any anybody else. The people like I don't care about your music, but that thing that shouldn't fit in that thing. Oh man, let's <laughs> let's go listen that, to that. Yes. Oh, did you hear about that thing they put in the thing? Yeah. Cool. I think we've got a new format. So you're you're actually going to be our last musical guest. This is uh, now all we're going to do is just have porn stars and people whose lives have been ruined by Santa. Maybe that's one like someone like took the Santa news really, really bad. And then that's what that's well, what happened. That- Started putting things. with. Okay, the so then- oh. Oh, I said no. the word porn and she and she left. No, I said I wasn't going to touch anything and I touched the thing. So you could have Dan, you could have Dan Barrett on your podcast because we've talked about him so much. I'm sure his ears are ringing somewhere, and now he's got like a family and a floor business. And then um, you should also have Roger Blevins because I want to listen to that podcast because I want to hear all about his process and Mingo Fish Track. No, know? not not well. Yeah, um, I feel like he's a hard guy to get a hold of. I'd love to have him on. The only the only time I ever met him was at Sam Sky for one of the eleven fifty nine things. Okay. Yeah. And I don't even think we had a conversation. Yeah, I'd love to get either of the Daves on here too. Definitely gonna have more eleven fifty nineers, no doubt about it. So now you can yeah. put out the good word. You can pop in the group. Oh, absolutely! Oh my God, I had so much fun on the podcast. I did. This has been a pleasure. Yeah, super cool. What's your favorite food? Chimeras. Uh-huh. Yeah, right. maybe. Let us guess. What do you think? What do you think, Emily's? Uh, is, she, is she sweets? No. Um, I don't think she's the Chinese buffet type. I'm not getting Chinese buffet vibe out of you. How awkward am I making this? What's your favorite food? Um and bourbon is not a food group. Uh, it is. It me. is thick. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That is correct. You, you answered correctly. You passed. Little little bullet. No, but um, uh, probably macaroni and cheese if it's oh actually like an my, edible thing. You just made my. I can't wait for my fiance to hear this podcast now. She is a macaroni and cheese fanatic. Really, I. She will be happy just to hear hear those words. Yes, I was. I was actually given quite a while ago, but like a whole cookbook of different kinds of macaroni and cheese. Well, yeah. now. 
I think we're gonna. I think this conversation could continue post podcast because we're like hitting you up, like, hey, give me one of the. She's about to be here. She's in San Francisco, but she's about to be here in a week or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, might have to put you up for some mac and cheese recipes. Uh, have to dig Treaters. out. Fancy schmancy. I'd have to dig out that. Um, I'd have to dig out that cookbook. So sitting in the corner, some collecting dust with your elf on the shelf. <laughs> With my books, gotten rid of so many books. Uh, well, they're all in your iPod now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. iPad, uh, iPod. Look at me, Mr. Facebook Dinosaur Guy. Uh, do you have an iPod? <laughs> do, do you use MySpace on your iPod? Use MySpace on your iPod? With Napster. <laughs> so the last thing, I don't want to ruin everything. You've been such a delightful, wonderful person um, as mm-hmm. you are. But we feel like every artist, and, you know, everyone has like music that they just don't dig, right? That are just mm-hmm. kind of rub them wrong. And if you want to answer Skunk Manhattan, that's totally acceptable. Mm-hmm. But like, where you're just like, there's, for whatever reason, there's just a band or an artist that you're just like, no, it's not my thing. We take it a step further and call it, we call we used to call it the Titanic, and that's just too harsh. So then we made it the Bermuda Triangle Cruise. Mm-hmm. Where you just take all the shitty bands and put them on a boat or whatever that goes to the Bermuda Triangle and never comes back, yeah. so you never have to hear them again. Just your reaction makes me think that you're like, <laughs> oh, yes, this fucking band. Do you have one of those? No, so my reaction is like, that's a, that's difficult because I have such empathy for people who s- spend so much time making art, even if I hate it. Well, that's a, that's oh. a good answer. It's oh. a very mature answer. That I, that I hate to call out like, God, I hate that. Um, no, I think that's a really good mature answer. <laughs> it really is. I'm, man, you, screw graphic design. Can you run PR for me? Jesus, like no, but but I, I but I will be talking. No, but I, but I will say that um, I will say that generally speaking, especially so. I'm from the East Coast, and Texas is just somewhere that I moved. I was going to ask that too. I forgot. When did you move here to Austin? 2006. So uh, I grew up in Connecticut and and Boston um, in college there. So if it, you know, if at any point in my early life you told me I'd be living in Texas, I, I mean, I just would have said nah, that's wrong. But um, so as a very very general genre, I will tell you that country music has never resonated with me, and I will frequently change the channel. I will then, with that said, say. That I have developed a huge appreciation for some genres and some country artists, Western, different micro genres, since I've been here. Um, but it's been a little bit of a judgment hurdle, right? Some of the time. Yeah. Yep. Bro country. Am I offending? Am I offending <laughs> no, everybody no, right I now? Thinking, I was thinking of bro country. The funny thing about it is, well, <laughs> what's funny about it is, like that question. It's kind of like it, it's kind of just, you know, whatever. I mean, we're not like. I mean, some people they're more than happy to be like, oh, I hate you know. They just, <laughs> we had one guest in particular, like he just was endlessly. Now, one of the bands he picked, like I align with them. Like, I just don't like that band. I never have. They're super popular. Just the voice rubs me wrong. 
Mm-hmm. And so we just had fun with it. And then he just started shitting on like another Austin icon. And Nick and I are just like, bro, like easy, <laughs> easy fella. Like, like, and this guy, like there are certain bands. He's just, I hate Allison Chains. Why? I don't under like, just uh-huh. relax, you know, like, I mean, they're, they're definitely like, I, we have our certain ones that we like, we, we say, he's not so much as <laughs> lately, but for a while there, I think every podcast would just be like bitching about COVID and talking about hating smash mouth or something but like you know like <laughs> but i don't know why i just don't like smash mouth i'm sorry i'm not i I'm not I'm, apologize actually for that you don't need to apologize i'm not a big jimmy buffett fan yeah jimmy buffett seems a little vanilla to me right i don't know i think i don't know his catalog maybe he's got some great stuff but uh, just the whole that whole culture right yeah i agree it's not my it's not my scene the funny no, thing is and what i think is important is even to be able to talk to people. I think this this goes further than music. And this is a, uh, I don't want to go down this way. But what Nick and I point, I think we have talked about with several guests on the podcast, is like people, we're all different. We're all individually have different opinions, political opinions. And things got real tense these last few years in the politics and the COVID and this and that. And things can be that way. But I think it's really important to be able to talk to people with different opinions and even take a joke. Take a joke. Like if someone says my favorite band in the whole world sucks like okay i don't agree with you but that doesn't mean that like i'm gonna delete you from myspace or you know not be your friend or want to or, or fight you like that's ridiculous and so i think take that person around, off your ipod yeah take I, <laughs> how dare you i'm taking this smash scroll mouth wheel song taking yeah. smash mouth off your ipod but like uh, uh-huh. yeah I, I think like in a little way music like you know, people can get so bent out of shape over something as silly as what's your favorite band or what band you like or not like. Or so it shouldn't be like that offensive. You shouldn't have your blood boiling just because. Although I understand, like, if I was on a 12 hour road trip listening to nothing but Bro Country, I'd probably be like, bro, like, you gotta, like, change the station here. But I mean, my point is, is I have friends that, like, work with artists that, that are in these genres and, like, good friends and people and colleagues that I respect and that, and I've watched. You know different documentaries and it's i think it's so important good to kind of go do that and like you get that perspective and you realize there is good in every genre and there's like these are professional musicians and there's something to be found positive and all yep. these things having said that you don't have to like everything and it's totally okay to just not like something right mm-hmm. um and just right quick because it's pertinent to the music conversation today have you and you said documentary? Have y'all seen the Beatles? Have y'all seen? I have uh, not. Not yet. No. Okay. We really need to get our shit together, Vic. We're running a fucking music podcast over here. Have you seen the no. Rush documentary? No. Uh, have you seen the the ZZ Top? Do- no. Uh, the Eagles. The <laughs> Leonard Skinner. You can. You can. Read, I have. I haven't seen any of those. I have not seen any of those except for except for the what's it called? Get back. Is that the get back? Yeah. yeah, I've heard it's fantastic. Uh, I've heard both. I've heard both, but I was surprised by my own personal reaction. Oh, so, so what did you think? Did you like it or? Well, it's like eight hours long. Yeah, Ooh, that's um, why we haven't watched it. <laughs> so the the first episode was sort of tedious for me, and I was it was my idea to watch it. I got my husband to watch it with me, and I was and I was the one who was like, ah, maybe we should watch something else. You know? Like it's been like an hour, and I'm not sure if I'm. Really into it and then i then he was like okay i'm out on that now and the next night i was like all right i'm gonna go see if i can get into this and something about that second episode through the rest of it i i was completely just 
so in it and fascinated by roles that I didn't know kind of were the way they were. And it shows like the evolution of these songs that we've all heard right. from like the very beginning before they even were anything like get back. Okay. And um, just huge respect for some members and less respect from others than maybe I would have had otherwise. And when it was over, they did this whole like montage of, of like outtakes and stuff. And I was like teary eyed and I was like, what am I, what am I going to watch now? Like, <laughs> so just, do you, do you get so I ended up loving it. Do you get that from, like you say, respect so from some more than others? Is, is McCartney like Johnny Whimsicle and Lennon's like the, the bitter codger and Ringo's the doofus? Or or does it completely surprise you when it's not that at all? And you're like, Paul was a dick and none of us knew. Like, what did, did you have any big, like, uh, blow your mind moments that, that things you didn't expect? Or I guess I didn't realize what a driver of the Beatles force what a total band leader Paul McCartney was. Mm -hmm. I, I thought maybe, I don't know where I got this idea, but I thought it was maybe John Lennon or maybe the two of them together. But um, the way the documentary shows it, I mean, his just his work ethic and just like, I just have so much respect for what I saw there. I could see that. Right. John's mm -hmm. fucking around with Yoko. Oh, he was Paul fucking McCartney's around the whole like, time. John, we've got to get to the studio. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, we've got to make an album today. Like literally prior album today. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it was. I mean, in the Yoko thing, I could talk about that, but oh, I won't. And, and, uh, you know, she's there for a lot of it, but like John just wasn't, he just wasn't in it. And yeah. maybe that was just this, you know, this part. And I just, I so love the solo a lot of, I mean, he's got some dogs, but a lot of solo John Lennon songs are so, I, mm -hmm. I actually know more John Lennon songs than like Paul McCartney Wings, Post Beatles stuff. I love Lennon, but I mean, the, the oh, their catalog just as the Beatles alone and what they did before they were 30 and all those albums, he's iconic. And they basically wrote the book on recording, what can be done with pop music. They did it all, you know? And then of course, George Martin was equally integral mm -hmm. in that whole thing, but yeah that's um, i don't know it's weird it's like i don't know why like we had a guest actually Vic, i was watching part of the podcast we had with mike the podcast mike norris from uh my favorite album podcast my classic album my god fuck it. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i fucked it up on the show um great podcast just uh so love this guy and um now i lost my train of thought uh with oh Beatles. he was asking oh. us if we had seen the 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 Elton John movie and the Freddie Mercury movie. Oh. I haven't seen those either. And I think there's yeah. this part, a weird part of me that is hesitant to sometimes even watch some of that. Cause you know, like it's uh, romanticized and Hollywood, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying so much about the documentary, but the movies I, it's weird. Yeah. Those, like, so the... I, I, I'll watch garbage. I'll watch bad, dumb movies because I know that they're not going to, change anything you right? watch if steven watch seagal something. right because you, you know what yeah. to expect from steven right. seagal it's yeah. just dumb mindlessness but if i watch something like i don't want to i don't know why right and i think like maybe some no. subconscious thing part of me doesn't watch some of these documentaries because i don't want to know or something you know what i mean well and and sometimes it's like i, I i'm gonna ask you another one that you probably haven't seen and it's okay um but a star is born um, I love that movie. Actually. Oh, did you see it? Okay. I love I, Lady Gaga fucking rules. Like she, she, she does fucking yeah. rule. But the reason why I, I didn't watch it, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. I was like, I don't know. Something's going to, something's going to irritate me. I can feel it. And I thought it, all of it was awesome. I didn't, I'd never seen a previous version, so I didn't know how right. it ended. So of course yeah, I, I was like, 
I was like taken yeah, like yeah. just completely by surprise. But basically there's that scene where they like write, we're made to think that they wrote that whole song in that parking lot in the dark in like 20 minutes. And then the next night she's out on stage singing right. it with them. Yes. And I was like, ah, we have the unfortunate not. position of, and it's less so nowadays because nowadays everything is accessible to everybody at all times and everything. There's no smoke and mirror. Right? There is, but not as much, right? The magic tricks are all online, right? But that's right. what makes artists and celebrities larger than life. That's what's always made them that because there, there's the mystique and the consumer, the average person is like, oh my God, I just wrote a song. And why I'm, I'm giving them a country accent. I don't know, but I am. And it's just like, oh, I wrote a song. Now they're on stage. You're great. Goddamn thing. But like the reality as the artist, you know, it's not like that at all. You know, it's like this process and it's a lot of freaking work and blood, like I said, blood, sweat and tears. It's not just like, oh, they had a moment in a parking lot and 15 seconds later, she's on stage in front of a million people. It does not work like that. Right. Performing it with a full band. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the romanticism behind it. I think that you nailed it just there. Like, there's something about that with certain movies, and that I I know that's gonna be there, um, and that's okay. And you got to go into it with that, but you just like you gotta. I I feel like it's almost like for me, it's like because I know other people are watching it, like oh, and it was this, and it's like well, not really, you know. But don't get me wrong, like The Doors is a great movie. Like Amadeus, have you seen Amadeus? Like oh my god, what a great fucking movie. <laughs> Go watch Amadeus. It's just a fucking great it came movie. Out about in like the eighties, Mozart. It? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Great movie. Okay. Yeah, I'm I remember. Pretty, it was a big deal. Yeah, totally big deal. Is it accurate? Most likely, no way. You know, like, mm-hmm. but it's it's just a great movie. So I'm all this stuff is kind of like that. I'm sure. Having said that, I have no excuse for watch not watching the doc, the Beatles documentary. Oh, Vic and I have wasted plenty of time on serial killer documentaries. Oh. I probably watched off The oh. Office 14 different times. We should have a whole different podcast on serial killer documentaries. Oh, shit. Oh, because, man. Like, the, the whole, like, making a murderer. Like, did you have you guys done that? I've seen thing? a lot of those damn things. I don't know if I, I watched that one yet. I haven't seen that one. We saw the, what was it, the hotel one? Uh, oh, the um, Cecil Hotel. Cecil That's Hotel. what we talked about where, that with Jelly. <laughs> where it was in the, the water. The water yes, yes, yes. Yes. And the and there's all this footage of like coming in and out of the um the, the elevator. Uh, elevator. It was all creepy mm-hmm. and weird. But there's yeah. no but there's no um you know what I was watching that during the freeze. Because Sounds about right. I, because mm. I remember our power kept going on and off. And so I had to keep I don't know if I actually ended it, but there's no there was no like they never you never know what happened. At the end of that, right? I think you do. Yeah, they. they I think she had mental a mental disorder and and yeah. drowned herself. I think she was she uh, drowned herself. I think so. I, yeah. Yep. Okay. What about unsolved mysteries? Did you? I love you that show. Watch the, the old unsolved mysteries with yes. Robert Stack. To this day, uh-huh. like if that music comes on, I'm like, I want to like check and make sure the door is locked. It's like the most eerie thing. And like as a kid, I'd be super scared, but I couldn't like pull myself away. And I, I love that show. And then they made the they re they revamped it. Are you talking about the new ones? Yeah, yeah. Those are good without them. Yeah, I like them. Um, except for the alien alien. I don't know what it is. The aliens ones don't do it for me. Like once there was the alien episode, I was like, eh. I just I just remember one. Right? Was there more than one alien episode? I think no. I think it's just one. Right. There's another but season it, now, right? Oh, it drives it? me. It drives me. Is there a new season? I it think. drives me crazy that there there's no. You know, you don't know the answer. You know, like how did that guy fall through the Yes. Oh my God! The uh, was it Baltimore? Uh, oh, the first episode where that guy just like whole, ended up getting chunked off a building. Right. Yeah, yeah. And like, so 
we well, we just watched this whole thing and now we don't know what happened. What was the other one we watched? Oh, the the Night Stalker one. Right. That was fucking terrifying. That, that was that was he, so disturbing. And he so stayed in the Cecil. Disturbing. He stayed in the Cecil Hotel yeah. too. Yeah. Yeah. So disturbing. And that guy, I'm trying to remember, was it an actor who portrayed that guy? Or was it real footage of him? No, it was real footage. And that in that documentary. And like I remember them talking about his smell and yeah, like, yeah. like the librarian when he walks into the library and oh. she says he like looked like a goat and he had like this terrible smell. Yeah. 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 On that uh, note, you need to write your song. <laughs> no, I'm glad that out. you're pulling the plug there because I, I this is where I start going off into crazy rant mode. The serial killers <laughs> gets me in rant mode, but Emily, to be continued, we'll have to have you back and uh, do a, and I'll, a, a, I'll make sure a, my cat's not in here, so he's a not yelling. Serial killer documentary. Oh, I thought that was just murder happening. Like since we're... <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> got your own little Cecil Hotel going right over there. There you go. Okay, well, everybody, thanks for tuning in. <laughs> this has so been much. Austin, Texas. Emily Shirley. Um, yes. Check her out on Spotify, Apple. You know. Put, Make sure to download her tunes, uh, buy her buy her songs, put them on your iPod. Uh, mm-hmm. Her music's on Bandcamp. Oh, you got a good looking website, Napster. Napster. Right, um, she's got some eight tracks out for release. You listen got, to them while you're playing Pac Man, Miss Pac Man. Uh huh. You right. got a good looking website too, EmilyShirley.com. Is that right? Yeah, Emily, yeah, Sh- yeah, Emily cool. Shirley, like Laverne and Shirley. Laverne and Shirley. So mm-hmm. there you have it. Go check out her music. Fantastic music, Emily. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been a pleasure. Thanks. Thank you guys. Hey folks, that concludes another episode of the podcast. Guest links will be available in the show notes. We'd like to thank our friends at Top Shelf Music for showcasing the podcast on their site. Be sure and check them out at topshelfmusicmag.com for the latest music news, reviews, and events. We'd also like to thank the folks over at Tragon Guitars, Goden Guitars, Ernie Ball Strings, and Five Iron Woodworks. Have a great week and catch you on the next one.